0: So, this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. And Meg, why don't you run down what Inside Tracker is and what you can get?
1: Yeah, so Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. With a simple blood test and using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside and to offer you science backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. And the good news for our listeners is for a limited time you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/dropin
0: And this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. And this is Robbie with Believe in the Run.
1: And this is Megan with Believe in the Run.
0: And you're listening to The Drop, our podcast about all things running. And happy Friday if you're listening to this the day it comes out. I know some of you just jump on it right away. Some of you might be waiting to your long run. Anyhow, let's jump in, guys. What do we got?
1: So many things.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: Um, but before we dive into our running journeys, which we have a couple weeks to catch up on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, We have to tell you about one of our sponsors, The Run Show, which is happening in Chicago in June.
0: Yeah, Apparently, it's real big in the UK. It sounds like a cable access TV show, but it's not, right? It does. I think what you could compare it to, it's like the expo Uh without the race. So you get to have all the fun of doing all the running stuff, but you can probably go out drinking that night.
1: Yeah, so it's essentially a running expo without the race. Like Thomas said, it's held June 4th and 5th in Chicago. Um, you can get in for free by using the code believe. Okay. So if you're in the Chicago area, if you have any interest in gear, nutrition, uh, there's some, some speakers there for inspiration, like anything running related. Uh, there's some
2: good speakers too, like yeah. uh, Dean Carnassus, Sally McRae, Carl yep. Lewis.
1: That guy was fast.
0: Yeah. As a matter of fact, growing up, a lot of people, if you ran fast, are like, what do you think you are, Carl Lewis? Oh, do people say that?
1: I don't think so. Uh, but speaking of, of um, Sally McRae, she's the guest oh, yeah, on the podcast right. today. <laughs> so if you enjoy this conversation with her later, you might want to go see her at the Run Show. Yeah. So again, you can go check it out. Uh, you know what's
0: weird about that is that I, I only think of her, every time we hear Sally McRae, I'm like, mm you say Yellow Runner. I'm like, oh. Okay, you know that meme of Drake where he's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah," and then he's like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. that's me, Sally McRae, <laughs> yellow runner. You can just make that meme. I got you. Like, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Glad we fit that in there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you want to check it out and get in for free, go to therunshowusa.com and use the code BELIEVE.
2: All right. So anyways, uh, now how about us? Enough about these other runners, yellow runners and... Sally McGree's and Carl Lewis's uh let's get to the main meal of the what what is it entree of the meal
0: like if this was a meal this would be your chunky soup yeah yeah center plate
2: is that is that (laughs) like a thing I thought I was like man is that something in like elite society that I don't know about (laughs) Chunky (laughs) soup in the middle of the plate
1: (laughs) that sure is not (laughs)
2: center plate baby prime rib (laughs) all right um Well, if anyone uh, is listening.
0: (laughs) Chunky shoes, actually quite affordable, Robbie. Oh, man. All right.
1: Let's go. Let's go back to a couple weekends ago. Thomas, the BNA half marathon.
0: Whoa. I don't know why running so hard right now. I like it. I'm running myself back into fitness, Robbie. Like it is. I'm going racing back to fitness. Yeah. Racing back to fitness. Here's the thing. Is that a strategy? That is my strategy right now. Like, is that a real strategy though? Yeah. Yeah, People
1: say that. Yeah. Because if you don't want to force yourself to do workouts, you just sign up for races and And
0: you have to run hard and stuff. And here's the thing. Like, I don't know when it got so hard. Like I can't even run my marathon pace right now for races that are shorter distance, but they hurt so bad right now. Like I was telling Meg earlier, I was like, I was actually looking forward to this weekend. We just ran the cherry blossom 10 miler with Asics, and, um, I was thinking it was going to be easier because it's just three miles shorter than the half marathon the weekend before.
2: 3.1, technically.
0: Well, actually, 3.3. Oh, okay. I mean, exactly. that half, half marathon was long. <laughs> but um, I was like, okay, it's not going to hurt as bad. And then almost immediately, I don't know what it... Why, Megan, you, you tell me, why am I like suffering like within the first mile of these races and they're just long, like, long
2: <laughs> i just quit <laughs> I, know. Racing.
0: I, think, I wanted to quit during the half i don't I, know i, I, I think
1: i think part of it's uh, maybe a little bit of an exhaustion like a mental and physical just from like nonstop going um i do think maybe we need to look at your iron levels because you did say they went down yeah and you, that could be a big did part you ever of it. look
0: at my stuff and figure out my stuff for me no
1: you have to forward <laughs> me your results we need to
0: get tony
2: stark on that
1: yeah um
0: Iron Man, I get it. I got you. Yeah, that
2: was a neat little Easter egg early for you guys.
0: (laughs) Seventy point (laughs) three.
1: But also, you have to remember, you were injured for a little while. You took some time off, so you got to work back to the speed. It's so
0: hard because I'm seeing everybody right now, and maybe in the audience, somebody feels this way. Everybody right now is pring and getting faster. I forget. I also hang out with a lot of people that are much (laughs) younger than myself as well. But like, it just seems like everybody's just crushing it, and like, I'm like out there, and I'm like wow this is not easy and like i've had hard races but at least it like was hard the last three miles these have just felt like like it's funny we one of our friends mac was out at the race and i was he was waiting a mile in and he goes you looked horrible a mile in you looked really unhappy (laughs) wow and i said yeah it was already it already hurt (laughs) we
1: looked at thomas's race photos
0: i normally get great like even if I run poorly, yeah, I usually have really nice race photos, and <laughs> Megan's always pissed off because she's like,
1: ah, because I'd like never have a good race photo,
0: and I'll be like, well, you know, whatever. And um, these, these, I actually did get def- decent ones from the BNA marathon, which I was in equal amount of discomfort, but at the ten miler. Um, they, I, walking dead. You look like, like the Crypt Keeper. It, look, it looked like I cut someone's face off <laughs> like, and put it on my face. He
1: has like a frown, like a legit frown uh, in it, every it, photo. It wasn't a
0: frown. It was, a, I had relaxed all muscles in my face. <laughs> so, so it was
2: like just a, gravity was really doing its job. It
0: wasn't even gravity. It was, <laughs> it was literally like I had, I was conserving he had no all soul. energy. Yeah. It, oh. When I came across the line, I looked like Meg and you had no color in you. You look like a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> you looked dead. Speaking of corpse, how about that video? There? Oh,
2: no. We can't do that. <laughs> no. What's well, weird is Snoop Dogg took it down. I would, too.
0: Yeah. Like, you, well, that's... You can't be putting... Okay, we're not talking okay. about that on this show. If you we'll just real know quick so people know about. what we're talking about. <gasps> Robbie brought up a post that Snoop Dogg did where a uh, family paid tribute to...
2: Well, it was like a rapper... Is it near here, near D.C.? Yeah, it's who, in D.C. Who was killed, but like at the wake or the viewing they just like had him on stage like standing yeah. it was it was just like super creepy it was anyways did, ho, you it were is. in dc also so it was, yeah maybe that's the thing now
0: yeah megan propped me up at the finish <laughs> line everybody <laughs> pretty, danced pretty, around pretty much <laughs> um yeah and no disrespect to that family but um I, yeah no i'm saying i'm not gonna I, talk about it anymore because i'm
2: I, i'm interested like other, like, probably in some cultures, though, like, that's, like, a normal thing. Like, isn't that what people used
0: to do, like? Uh, I don't know. I've always seen just, like, if you're going to do a casket.
2: But, like, but remember, like, like, a long time ago, they just, what's the thing where you just have, like, the body in the room, and, like, people just come. A like, it's just Yeah, but they'd be, like, at people's houses for, like, a week.
0: Yeah, I'm not that, like, and and I'm going to put this in my will. I guess I should put this. Just, just get rid of it. Just burn it. Whatever you breathe. want to do. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't want it. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm gone. Just like it's gone. The body goes.
2: I'm with you. And I Anyways. I look around. At re- <laughs> we run around. And, and I know, it's gotten a dark turn. No, it's, it's not it's the Halloween like, episode. What, hey, but I will type,
0: tell you, like, when we run around and I see large areas of um, graveyards or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, why are we wasting all this property? I'm on the same page uh, as you. For, like, this is, like, it's me. I know it means something to somebody, but it's meaningless to me. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. there's
2: a little badoop in there. Yeah, there's I don't something. know what happened. <laughs> Dude, what if that was like a ghost in the system? Yeah.
1: No, it's that it's 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 our our board telling us to stop talking about yeah. this.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Move Look on. At, there's a ghost in there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well <laughs> anyways, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the, um hey, that goes next anyway, to rock Yeah. Out. So let's move that forward. Anyway, so I mean I wasn't unhappy with my times. Like I I ran as hard as I could, so I felt like the effort was there. I think um, it was like, I, was it one forty something for the half? I don't remember. Um, I think maybe one forty one. Meg doesn't like concern herself. With yeah, such it was trivial f- thing. Yeah, but I know, like I'm people, uh, like I am trying. There is something I am trying to do, and is divorce my. Feelings oh, about oh, sorry, where that was going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's it's over. We're announcing <laughs> yeah. it on here. <laughs>
0: um, to 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 separate my feelings about pace and effort and how much it it defines like how the race went or something like that from what I'm what I'm trying to do. And the the toughest thing about the half wasn't I don't, I don't care about the result as much as. That one sucked because I was in a negative mental headspace. Like three miles in, I was like, I don't want to be doing this. What am I doing? Even getting out of the car, it was freezing. It was like.
1: Well, it's not exactly a a glamorous event. Like you're doing an out and back on a a trail trail. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we got out of the car and it was like uh, 38 degrees or something with 20 mile per hour winds and stuff. And we're just like, I don't feel like doing this today. Um, and it translated into <laughs> me being out there running, and I, I kind of bargained with myself. I was like, "Hey, just get to if you get to mile five, you can turn around if you still want it." Uh, so, and but then I knew I'd be ten miles back anyway.
2: So yeah, but did make did you
0: win that race? Yes, yeah. you did. No,
2: I get I lose track of all the wins. Yeah, <laughs> just putting up dubs.
1: There wasn't a ton of competition out there, <laughs> uh, to be fair, but but
0: it was that was the highlight of because it was an out and back. At least I got to see Bagan. I knew like when we did the turnaround, you were so far ahead of the next female. It was like insane. Like I was like, and
2: this course was a quarter mile long, correct?
0: Uh, three. uh, Well, yeah, Yeah, quarter quarter mile, mile quarter mile long. Uh, and we knew right at the beginning because the first mile marker was one point two (laughs) nine. Yeah, it was like whoops. Yeah, and so I started doing the lap thing so that I could kind of get back on track with that. But yeah, it, it was just it was just one of those days. Like I was just like, oh, this sucks. So I was more disappointed, uh, just my head trash. But then, did you run with anyone? Hmm. Like not even
2: just random. I mean, run? some
0: there's some random randos that I saw out there, and uh, you know, would run with people for a little bit. But pretty much, I found myself like in this weird. I always find myself in a weird gap. <laughs> like I'm bo- I'm behind the really really fast people. And I'm ahead of the next wave. I'm like in between fast people and they're still fast. But not, I got to run the as fast. As fast.
1: the first mile with the fast guys because I guess they went out a little slow. So it was fun because I was in a pack with. Yeah, uh,
0: Megan loves it. You go out with the dudes. And yeah.
1: Uh, But they, I mean, they dropped me after a mile. They were doing like 540s or something. But it was fun for that one mile to be together. And I was like, look at me up with these guys. And I was like, bye. (laughs) But I
0: love that you talk about it. And you're like, uh, they're having casual conversations Mm -hmm. at sub six minute miles. Yeah,
1: like just chatting away like this. Like for most of them, it was a training run. And so they're they're running 550s and chatting. Okay. And it's fun to be in that. It's fun to be working really hard, but next to people who it's like, they're not so hard pace, It makes you feel like it shouldn't be so hard. <laughs> so I feel like you can hang on a yeah. little longer.
0: And then, of course, we didn't, went down to D.C. this past weekend. And we did the Cherry Blossom 10-miler. And I actually, going out for this, it, well, before we did that, we went down. We did a shakeout run with Kafuzi, mm-hmm. And it was actually really cool. We got to run with Emma Bates and uh, Diane uh, Nakuri. Nakuri who I just adored her brother, Innocent, who I spent probably 30 minutes talking to. Were you drunk? No, we are just oh. walking after. Do I have to be drunk to enjoy someone's conversation? No, I was just <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know. Like. No, he was, he, they're from um, Burundi. Sometimes it makes conversation like 10 times better with people. <laughs> no, I actually, I want to have her on the podcast because their story is just insane. It's oh, really? seven brothers and sisters. They're from Burundi. Their father died when like, innocent her older brother was 17 oh, wow. and everybody in the family is either a doctor or an olympian That's you know crazy it's man like, yeah it's just and i'm just like how does this happen it's and like uh,
2: just built differently
0: yeah and he's like well my mom said that if we were going to do something we had to be the best at it and he not accomplish. mission like, accomplished yeah so that's all the advice you have to give your kids yeah <laughs> was, right hey just if you're gonna do that just just be the best okay dad yeah um yeah and the same thing with well, her running was like you can continue to run as long as you come in first place so she's like all right all right
2: <laughs> I, I tell my kids that and they're just like best at annoying me number one <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the shakeout run was pretty fun i so i hadn't been running for two weeks because my ankle has it been two weeks yeah well two and a half now um and so i was like not sure i wasn't even sure i was gonna be able to run that because i tried to run the day before and it was not happening Mm -hmm. so but yeah we all drove down together like uh what do you call it road trip style yeah like and uh stopped at the red cross the whole family (laughs) came down yeah uh yeah (laughs) yeah God, I had to go to the bathroom right when I got out of the car and <laughs> whatever. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, American Red Cross building in uh Washington DC.
0: <laughs> uh, They're there to relieve pain. <laughs> uh,
2: there was coverage. Anyways, uh so <laughs> I don't even know what where to proceed.
0: You you had the both the boys came down, your boys, and we you had one on a bike and one in a stroller.
2: Uh yeah, and we did the 3 mile run with Kafuzi, So that was nice along the tidal basin. The cherry blossoms were out. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. Um and it was it was fun to do with the kids uh although we were a little bit further behind cuz my my youngest was a little bit nervous I think about falling into the water around the tidal basin.
0: It was a little dicey there. Cuz yeah. the cement wasn't even. It was like dirt. Yeah. I, I guess yeah, that right? makes it yeah. Was it was a, I, I thought it was cement but the roots had like Jacked it up a little Maybe, bit. here and there. I don't know. There was dirt sections. We were we were going off road a little bit.
2: Yeah, um, and there was like a lot of people there too. So you're kind of like weaving in and out. Um, but it, it was it was a really nice run, and I felt okay during that um, little escapade. But it wasn't a, I couldn't do the ten miler or the next day, so yeah. did not do that. But it was it was cool seeing like all the people, people who listen to this podcast, come out. Yeah. That's and, my favorite. Yeah. Like,
0: I I love seeing the people, and, you know, they know, like, it's weird. They'll bring up something that you don't even think about, like something we'll say on this podcast, and they'll be like, bring it up, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I did say that. <laughs> like, there's a lot of people asking about trash. Robbie <laughs> Reckham. Uh,
2: yeah. I was like, hey, you can find me later behind the Natural History Museum looking for dinosaur bones. yeah. I think they just throw out the ones that they don't use, Yeah, right? well, well, they bury them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, gotta dig them up.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so then we, uh, you you left D.C. that night, right?
2: Yeah, I actually went to the, we did go to the Natural History Museum and then left,
0: like, around noon or one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. We hung out and we did lunch with Kafuzi, and then, or Mike, his name's Mike, but um, we did lunch with him and then we uh, did dinner with Asics and Mike and some freelance uh, reporters and writers. Ashley Mateo is one of our favorites. What did you eat there. for dinner?
2: Sorry, Ashley Mateo. Uh, I
0: stole some of Megan's pizza and I had um, like, uh, I forget what the pasta was called. Did you know he stole some of your pizza, Megan?
1: It wasn't really stealing. He just, <laughs> he asked. Yeah. yeah. And I said, here you go. Huh,
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> Real bad boy. Agreed here. upon. <laughs> And then, but what was crazy was they ordered, like, a plate of calamari and stuff, and there was some fried sardines on it. And I was like, I'm an adult now. I like goat cheese. I My taste may be evolving. <laughs> yeah. Let me try this fried sardine. And I, it, it, was, it was horrible. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people would do that. I mean, because, one, they fry it with the bones in it, so you get kind of, like, this crunchy thing, and then it's got, like, a nice fishy, mm-hmm. like, not the good kind of fishy taste. This is an interesting pre-race uh, strategy. I know. I would oh, I didn't never even think about I would never,
2: that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, this wasn't for you like a big goal marathon effort. Like
0: no, I just took I took a bite and uh, it you know it was okay. Yeah. And then yeah, the pasta was good. Pizza and was good. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a nice time. Yeah. Yeah. No alcohol. Yeah. I mean, we could have had. Never mind. It, but yeah, it did sound like a nice. You would have had an alcohol. <laughs> you would have had some. And I think didn't yeah. Frank have a beer? Everyone
1: was drinking except for you, me, and Ashley.
0: Yeah. Wow. And Frank ended up pacing Megan the next day.
1: Yeah, even though he had not agreed upon it during (laughs) that evening. Yeah, uh, he did the next morning.
0: Well, Mike was going to go out with you too.
1: Yeah. So my whole thing with the ten miler is I was originally going to use it as like a training run since we're two weeks out from Boston, but we raced the BNA half marathon the week before and. My I really had set in my head that I wanted to break 120 in the half. But you did. Well, the course was long, so, like, I probably would have.
0: Strava well, style you did. but Yeah, Strava style I went sub 140, and Megan went uh, sub 120.
1: But, like, it doesn't count. Right. Like, it's no, not it not doesn't. Official. It's not COVID times. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody was getting PRs during COVID time. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's because no race is ever. Right. 13.1. Yeah. Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, but so I felt like I, like I, I was angry that I didn't get that. And so I was like, I want to go for another goal. And so I threw it out there like sub 60 or like I said, 60 minutes. Um, the sub 60 sounded insane to even say out loud. (laughs) So I, when people asked like, what are you going for? I said around six minutes flat and no one seemed excited about that number for running the next morning who we were at dinner with. Uh, except for Kafuzi, he did it first. He said, "I'll see if I can hang with you." Wow! And then um, the next morning, when I walked down to go do some some uh, warm up miles with Ashley, Mike Kafuzi was like, "No, <laughs>
3: I'm
2: out." <laughs> I
0: mean that.
1: So Frank from Asics, uh, he's the marketing director there. I don't know. His I don't title.
0: know. I don't know what Frank does. Um. I forget. I, no, he, I
2: think he does. He actually doesn't work there. He's no, just a guy No, that... Frank
0: works, I think, <laughs> with the marketing, but through the, like, retailers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay.
1: But so he's fast. He's run, like, a 235 marathon, um, but he wasn't training for this event at all. He just did the L.A. I, marathon yeah. with... Um,
0: he didn't train for the L.A. marathon. Ran yeah. that with a fellow... I think 6 employee. I think he ran it with Bob. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, yeah and so they just ran it like and he said he hadn't been training he hadn't been running that much but yeah sure i'll I'll go run a sub six minute pace for 10 miles
1: he seemed fine so yeah he agreed and we went out together and stayed together the whole time and the miles just started clicking off and i stopped looking at my watch because we went under this tunnel at mile Mm -hmm. four and my watch got weird it said like you ran a 537 mile which we did not do um, and so I was, it was slightly off from the mile markers from then on. And I just ran by feel and what felt like appropriately uncomfortable, but not like you can't make it to the finish line. And it just felt really great. Like the course was awesome. Like the, the views were amazing. See, this
0: kills me. <laughs> we had such a different experience. <laughs>
1: like I, I just enjoyed it so much. And Frank's energy was amazing. He was like happy the whole time. We were like pointing out random things on the course and it was nice. like super fun. And I knew that we were probably like close to, uh, the 60 minute mark, but I wasn't sure until you, so the last bit is actually like a small little hill, which Go feels up, like a big hill. And then all of a sudden you can see the finish line and I saw the clock and it said fifty nine twenty three. And I knew, like, it wasn't going to take us 40 seconds to get to the finish line. And I was like, holy Shnikey. shite. <laughs> like, I just, I could not, I could not believe that we actually did that.
0: Yeah. When you're doing that, meanwhile, when you said appropriate discomfort. Yeah. Like, I was, I was just in discomfort. Like, I, I don't know, like, I got to figure this out. because. I've had races where, yeah, it hurts towards the end or, or this and that, but this is like a steady, steady discomfort from the get-go. And I did, I did follow. So one of the guys that was pacing, Robbie, mm-hmm. he's a big uh, Believe in the Run fan. Like he, I saw him at like
2: that. Like as a, one of the race pacers? Yeah. Race? He, was, okay. he was
0: pacing the 730 pace. Okay. And uh, I, I was like, oh, I'll just hang right here off the 730 pace guy and um it, and his name's aj so aj if you're listening hello um but aj was at the half marathon i'm like running and it was one of those times where i was like dying at the half marathon he runs by me and he's like hey how's it going you know blah, blah. and i'm like hey and and <laughs> it actually gave me some energy to to keep running that day so i knew he was going to be at cherry blossom i didn't know he was pacing that group oh cool so i'm running and it's a really fast start like everybody. Bolts out because it goes downhill and takes a turn. Right. And there's 20,000 con- people. It's
1: congested. Like you are tripping on people in the beginning.
0: Yeah. Like you're getting pushed in a wave. Yeah. So it's, there's 20,000 people running. You're, you go out. So do they do, do they do it in waves? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're in the yellow corral, which is the first wave mm. after the elite. Okay. Um, And I'm going and I'm like, okay, I only want to be like going 730 to 740 for the first couple of miles. So when I saw him right off the bat, I was like, oh, 7.30, I'll just hang with him. So I go out and I look, and I didn't look, but I was like, man, this is really hurting uh, a little more than I would think this pace would, nor- or not hurting, but this is a little more less comfortable than it should be for this pace. And I was like, okay, whatever. And mile three clicks off, and I'm like, mm, uh, maybe my watch is just off. But then I I saw the splits later, like one of them was a 7.12, which I don't want to say that's why I was uncomfortable for the rest of the run, but AJ, man. (laughs) (laughs) And he was a seven thirty pacer. Yeah. Yeah. So Meg, I was
2: looking at your paces and you actually went out slow. So five.
1: So that's, that was, we couldn't get around people. Like Mm. when I'm saying it's congested, I couldn't believe we were trying to run, you know, six flat and we're used to these uh, like smaller races, I guess. And, like, there was like 500 people in front of us. And I'm like, Jeez. are all of these people really gonna run like this right. fast Obviously for this not. long? And then the whole, I mean, the whole time we were just slowly passing people. Yeah. Robbie,
0: it's like a wave. And when you come out, it really is like there's hundreds of people running faster than a seven minute mile. So you feel like you're going yeah. super slow. Yeah. Because even if you're trying to hold and be, you know, calm to start off, it's just like, waves of people just running past and they're hectic they're yeah. like jumping and yeah, yeah. crisscrossing through people and you're like holy cow and so you i looked at i kept looking down at my watch because i'm like oh no i'm fine these people are spazzing out so megan
2: you had a 537 in no there.
1: so that's that's where we went under oh, the tunnel and oh, that's, that's where this, my watch okay. was wrong all right um
2: so that might explain why the mileage was also off a little. Is said 10.18 on I mean, we, on there. We, I had extra two.
1: We didn't run the tangents perfectly, so there's lots of turns. It's okay. that's part of it, but then also I think it's probably a little long because of that one mile where it was like off for sure. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I just I
0: I did a nice job positive splitting the heck out of this race. Like I, I'm Mr. <laughs> I'm Mr. Brightside. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Positivity. <laughs> um, the best part is that um I. I after at the end, I'm jogging back with these guys and I said, Um, you know that great feeling you get at the end of a race where you're passing people and it just feels so awesome. You provide that. I to said I though. gave <laughs> that to a lot of people today. You're so, you're so generous <laughs> and even it was funny because Mari from Asics was filming like the M and like I I know how I felt when she got me on the film and I and I look better than I uh-huh. felt. And I'm just kind of like an easy, like metronome going across the finish line. There's like people coming in, like, like, like blazes. Like, like, no, like meteors. Like, it's like <laughs> all around me. And I'm like, geez, man, you're, you're like, like,
2: you're welcome. You're welcome. Just yeah. yelling at them as well, they're passing you. At, at that I point, do
0: this for you. Well, at that point <laughs> I did kind of, cause you go up the hill. So you slow down a little bit and then it kind of downhilled for maybe 10th of a mile. You think?
1: Yeah.
0: A uh, 10th of a mile. Uh, started going downhill. So you speed up. So I was going like 737 or 637 for that last little bit. Mm -hmm. And people are like sprinting (laughs) by me. Like, like going, like had to be doing like, I don't know, sub five minute miles to get to the finish line. And Megan being the sweetheart she is, she's like, well, they obviously ran the race wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: mean, there's, there's something to having a finishing kick, but if you're doing that, like you didn't do it right.
0: Mega.
2: And, just so everyone knows, Meg finished in thirty eighth place out, out of out of eighty three hundred women runners. That's, pretty, that's pretty insane. Not
0: bad. Okay, no, what I was, I'm still what happy I was, about. I still finished top ten percent. Yeah, that's all. That's
2: all you can ask for. Yeah. But <laughs> I, what I was,
1: <laughs> what I was really happy about is that you know I turned down that the women only start the like elite field that yeah. they have. Yeah, well, there. Frank
0: wouldn't have been in there.
1: Yeah, so glad that I uh, did that because I got to run with Frank, but also. I wouldn't have been last in the elite or the nice. whatever. Yeah, She'd be some of the elites. All so
0: right. maybe so, next time I'll. Well, maybe next time I'll accept got, it. you got. Explain that you got to turn down the elite. Like you got offered an elite.
1: Well, you just have to have a qualifying time of like 100. Oh, I don't know, three. I think it was. Which you have. From another ten miler, yeah, or you can have like an equivalent in a half marathon. Would or you? Something okay, like so that.
0: this year you went sub 60. Would you do the elite corral next year?
1: I think why not. I, I love you got it. You. Would
0: you wear buns? No. <laughs> Thomas, still you, you would though, right? Thomas? Oh, hell yeah. If, yeah. if I could run as fast as Megan, I'd be wearing <laughs> buns. Maybe could, that's the missing link. You could grease me up, put Vaseline all over me. and I'll run that thing real fast. <laughs> uh, oh, nobody wants man. to see that. But that, that's the thing with uh, the whole racing. Like if I look at my result objectively, like it's, probably one of my faster 10 mile runs and it i was top 10 percent. but when i look at it it's just like pain and then also it is tough not to compare yourself to the people that you surround yourself with yeah and i'm there with like megan doing sub six 60 (laughs) and uh frank obviously chris hogger sam sheldon did 54 minutes or something like that uh was 104 mm-hmm. or something like that you know so i'm always and even out of the faster bastards uh, of the faster bastards that ran the cherry blossom i was um i think there was only three people behind me and one of them i don't even understand like the guy's normally faster than me for some reason he he, he must have been running with someone because he ran an almost two hour mm-hmm. uh 10 mile but i'm always like at the bottom yeah of, of the results there
1: you gotta get over this comparison thing.
0: I do.
2: Yeah, it is what it is. It
0: never... I just or get some slower friends. Yeah, <laughs> or that surround yourself. With I used to have Jarrett. Jared used to be good for me. Now he's fast. I <laughs> know. <of shape. laughs> Jared's driving it.
2: All right, let's uh, move on to some shoe talk, quick, since we're
0: yeah, we're we're going a little bit long here. Hey, Robbie, what shoe is this?
2: The Reebok
0: Float Ride Energy Four. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's pretty shoe. Right? When we first got it, this pair is not as pretty anymore because it's a little muddy. But, Megan, first thing you thought when you pulled it out of the box.
1: It's what I just said. It's pretty. Right. I really love the look. I love that people are doing these gum soles. It's not not a gum sole. sole. It's
0: just a brown sole. It makes me so angry. It did make me sad when I figured that out. Never mind.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No gum sole on this shoe, guys.
2: It, I love, I know what you're saying. I do love that, but I
0: don't like imposters. Well, when I first pull out a box, I was like, oh, cool, gum sole. And then I, <laughs> I didn't looked at it, until it just now. And I was like, that's just brown rubber.
2: <laughs> yeah. they're. You can tell they're trying to do that. Yeah. But I don't know if it's more expensive to do that.
0: Or- well, here's the gr- it probably is. Yeah. But here's the great thing about this shoe it, for the price point, it's a $100 shoe. And usually you can find enough discounts on Reeboks that. If you're paying $100 for the shoe, you're probably, I, I bet you could get this shoe for like 60 bucks right now. Robbie, what do you think?
2: Yeah, because Reebok has insane discounts that apparently you can just find everywhere. Like just
0: Google. and
1: So this is their daily trainer?
2: It's
0: a lightweight daily trainer, slightly rockered. And other features that you find in high-end shoes, like it has a really nice gusseted tongue that also is like that sock liner in the inside. hmm um, I've heard this color or material be referred to as a top sail uh, kind mm-hmm. of look by certain people, which is funny to me because, like, who knows what a top sail is? Yeah, but you know, I guess like, somebody's going sailing.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Have you enjoyed your miles in this shoe?
0: I'm mixed on this shoe. I think for the price point and what it is, it's an exceptional shoe. Like, do I you w-
1: feel like you get enough cushioning?
0: It's a that's where. Fails for me a little bit is soft as the midsole feels. It doesn't really translate. Mm-hmm. It might be that there's too much rubber on the outsole.
1: I'm, I'm glad you're saying that. Cause I, I ran it this morning and I ran it a couple other times and I feel like such a baby being like, it doesn't feel like enough cushioning. And I'm like, is it cause I'm on marathon legs? I will or
2: say, Look at this. If you touch in the in between mm-hmm. down here and inside, there's not much there. <laughs> like that's a pretty low stack. It's not even what it shows in the sidewalls, which aren't even that high. Right. Yeah.
1: So i I've just I've been craving more cushioning on my runs when I I take this out.
0: I think this could be fixed, though. If you're on a budget, if you got a nice cushy, um, what do you call this thing? Insole. Insole. If you like, look. This is very thin. It's like the ortholite foam stuff. But if you got a nice cushion, like uh, insole. It Could take this hundred dollar shoe, spend twenty dollars on you know, you're getting it for 60 bucks, spend twenty dollars on a nice insole that has some cushioning, and this shoe would probably be pretty dandy. I see that. But I do. to me, I like this shoe better than the Sakani Kimbar. I liked it better than some of the other shoes that are in that similar price range. Um, but I, looks wise, I thought it looked dope,
2: yeah. It has this like. You can't really see it unless you have it in your hand. But it's this iridescent, like, logo stripes and then a the Like tongue. abalone shell. Yeah. And then the tongue has, like, a little part on it as well. It's really nice. The And I like the
0: old-school Reebok logo. Yeah, the only problem is people thought that looked like a Brooks logo. It does, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> on the side. Not the old-school Reebok logo. The yeah. thing on the side looks like a Brooks logo. It's because you can't see the pearlescent mm-hmm. uh, stripes there, but... They
0: should have just done that gray area as per
2: like as in the same iridescent
0: thing. Yeah, but I actually think this gray area serves a purpose as structure for the saddle there. All right, who knows? So good shoe for the price, not necessarily one that we would be picking up for our daily trainer, just like cushion wise. Yeah, and then
2: there's like the Float Ride Energy X, which is their carbon plated cheaper racer shoe. Sort of. It's like not. It's 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 like a four four foot carbon carbon
0: plate, plate, which I don't even know. It, uh, Megan probably liked it a little bit better because it's definitely more stack. But it's one hundred
2: sixty dollars, and we with those said discounts, uh, people are getting it for like one hundred ten bucks. So how can you really go wrong with the for one hundred ten bucks?
0: I think it's comparable to say Endorphin Speed. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like crazy. It's not definitely wouldn't be my race day pick, but no. a
1: great like. I don't know, Tempo shoe or Yeah,
0: and it could be Sunday's right. race day for 100. And- yeah. If you're comparing that against the Brooks
2: Hyperion Elite right. for 250. That's what I was
1: thinking about. Yeah.
2: It's a better shoe than that,
1: 100%. It's it's just different. And yeah. for the price, it's
0: But it will accomplish the same Yeah. thing probably. Pretty much. I would say so. And it's not a bad-looking shoe. Mm,
1: it's alright.
0: It's a little baggy. Yeah, I, uh, I think people, the color-wise if people you did different colors People love the way
2: that shoe look. I'm not that into it, but it's like a blue and grayish uh, it's, it's a, a cloudy, cloudy day
0: with some pink bottoms yeah
2: is that a, is that the official colorway no like I just, cloudy day
0: with pink bottoms. <laughs> i <Not> like <laughs> that that's the name of my new band <laughs> cloudy day with pink Bottoms. how many
1: bands have you had on this show
0: lots of bands I mean, we should keep track of it yeah. in case you ever but
2: that would start some bands
0: i would you, you, i i know a bassist um if, if, I'm ready. if you uh <laughs> i was talking about kyle Whalen. <laughs> <laughs> thank you <him. laughs> <laughs> no um that would be because pink bottoms would be a good name for like an old jazz guy. It's like Like bleeding gums.
2: Oh yeah. I was just thinking of fat, fat bottom. Is it fat bottom? The, no, that's fat bottom girls. There's big bottoms, which is the spinal tap version.
0: Yeah.
2: Talk about mud flaps. My girls got them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spinal tap knows what's up. All right. Um <laughs> I won't quote the rest of that song for fear of getting uh, canceled or something. Yeah. But yeah, it was the 80s. Anything went like back then. It was the 80s. I guess it was.
0: It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Didn't Lady Gaga kind of steal one of their ideas when she came out of that plastic cocoon at like one yeah, of the awards? 100%. I feel like I feel like everybody's like, "Oh, she's so avant-garde. <sighs> they're carrying her in a cocoon." I'm like, that's spinal tap.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a perfect example of art imitating life, imitating art. Yeah.
0: Her and her, what do they call her? People, uh, monsters, little monsters,
2: little yeah. monsters. We've been talking
0: about monsters a lot lately. Maybe we should have talked about that, Brian Black. Yeah. Do you know what I found out that I like from Olivia Rodrigo?
2: Like her whole album, or just some... I didn't even
0: to the whole album. Oh. I just heard that one song, and I was I don't listen to a lot of pop music. Oh, like the one that sounds like a Paramore song. Yeah. Is it Paramore? It sounds exactly. I don't. Like I don't it. listen to Paramore. No,
1: um, it's her like main one.
2: Yeah, it sounds like the misery business song. No, the, the Paramore. It sounds. I'll play. Do you don't think she think we stole can play the song? Here. There's a big. There's a lot of speculation because not only that, but. Is it the one about driving past your house? No, that's the drive. That's driver's license. That's what that's
1: I'm That's the saying. one we like. I don't oh. know the one you're talking about. That sounds like Paramore. Okay,
0: so here's. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's I was just one. saying, like, I don't, I don't listen to pop music, and normally I just let Spotify kind of make my playlist. At this point, I used to be super into music, and now I'm like, Spotify just do, you know what I like, and um, so I heard, I heard Olivia Rodrigo on, on, I guess the Emmys or whatever and grammys. Saw, we watched yeah the grammys emmys would be for tv um we watched the grammys and we watched her perform and i was like i was just hoping somebody got slapped but um <laughs> that we watched her perform and i was like one you could tell she wasn't lip singing, it and i thought her voice was beautiful two i liked this on i thought it uh, evoked emotions three i think she's really pretty yeah she has the full package pop star package for sure and then the BTS guys came out. I'm like, how is this a thing? How is know. this a thing? There's a lot of things. That a lot of people things. like them. I don't get it. Mm. So they were doing like magic tricks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. So yeah, she Olivia Rodrigo. She had the, her song um, "Good for You." It sounds very similar.
1: Oh, I do know what do you know song you're talking about? about now. Yeah. And
2: so she actually, I just looked up, and she apparently she had to add Paramore to the songwriting credits recently. Oh, yeah. Cause I mean likely she probably has no idea cause she's like 20 years old. It's probably one of her producers that whoever produced the album. Oh, but you don't yeah, think let's she, do this. And this wait, year. you
0: don't think she writes her own music. I thought she wrote that song. I mean, it's
2: when they write their own music, it's like they probably come with an idea. And then it, the, the producing team, like, Oh,
0: I thought she was one of those people that was like discovered on YouTube like, or something.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she, like she probably has to that, like a talent to some degree in that way. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same thing with Taylor Swift. Like, her songwriting like team, like... I mean, she'll come with a song, but it's, like, the team really, like, brings it all together. I did not know that. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. Like, she'll have, like, four writers, like, working on songs.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. It's kind of like how we do stuff around here. Yeah. You I know? mean, it's
2: how the whole country, like, music business is. Same thing.
0: Team. Mm. Team. I like teams. Everything's better with teams.
2: Sh- dude, those people make... Did you know real quick factoid you know that song closing time by the band semi-sonic I sure do. Do. closing yeah. time so <laughs> the dude from Semisonic, the lead singer he's like a very prolific songwriter he wrote like a bunch of adele songs mm. like um yeah. some of her really famous ones
0: like um see me standing here no
2: i forget okay. which ones I it was all
0: for like
1: all right, we've chatted 20, enough about okay. about nonsense. Do
0: you know it's crazy now that we've talked about these bands? I wonder how many are going to show up in like our our Google feeds now. You think so? Yeah, because they're always listening, and you know now the person listening to this is also going to get them. They're going to all of a sudden be like, "Wouldn't you like to hear an Adele song?"
2: Um. All right. I'll see. <laughs> like, let's see if it
0: happens. Robbie, this is great. This week we had a really good one.
2: Yeah, Sally McCrae, a.k.a. Yellow Runner on Instagram.
0: Do I always say that we have a great one? I think I do because... Yeah, but this is like a legit great one. Yeah, but I think Ooh, it's because I really enjoy enough? all these conversations. Like I always am like, mm, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And then I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is quite enjoyable. I really enjoy it. I will say, I think it. this
2: right. was the longest, one of our longest like podcast guests that we've had a conversation with. Like, yeah, Not good. measurement-wise
0: yeah she's probably regular size to small (laughs) yeah
2: yeah Yeah, breaking any Guinness records
0: yeah what I loved about her was her positive attitude she kind of has that like she seems tenacious Mm -hmm. like this is someone if you put a problem in front of her is going to figure it out and bust through
2: it and that should be evident in the fact that she's a Nike sponsored trail athlete she has her own coaching business her own podcast she like basically just does everything and she's
0: going to tell you all about it here in a second yeah so all right, let's check it out all right first check in and this one's gonna be about getting pumped up because you may not be running boston next week but maybe it's a dream of yours down the road so while you're doing this run maybe kick it up a notch get that energy get that excitement think about man what would it be like if i was running boston this week The first time I became aware of you was probably through Ethan Newberry through um, oh, Ginger Ethan's Runner, great. like yeah, y- years I ago. I don't know how. Maybe you were. As, I was following him, and you were recommended to follow as well, or maybe he was in an event you were at. But it was a long, long yeah, time ago. Yeah, he did, ago.
3: and we did a couple films too. Like we okay. used to. He when he lived in LA, we used to run together. And, that
0: must have been uh, all right. Um,
3: yeah, but the, the story of Yellow Runner, there's a little tidbits out there that's, um, my book actually tells like the real story. It's actually not about me. <laughs> but, uh, there, there, It's like, a, a. there's some messaging behind it. But um, it did come about like right before my mom passed. My mom died when I was 17. And before she passed away, she bought me um, a bunch of like little presents. Then they were all yellow because she used to call me Sunshine. Oh, oh so cool. So the name kind of wraps into like why I run. Um, and yeah, just that, that story, that, that journey. I find that interesting.
0: My, my father's passing was pretty much the impetus for me to start running. So it, it, uh, in kind of like in those hard moments in the early days of my running, Mm -hmm. you know, I felt a lot of, uh, I don't know, uh, like parental looking down. I don't know how you describe it, but just that, you know, like, Hey, make dad proud or something like, kind of
3: thing I love that that's really precious
0: yeah
3: yeah I was a soccer player growing up so um my mom was a big part of that dream I wanted to be a professional soccer player (laughs) so but I had run ever since I was seven so I'd I'd run my my entire life I loved to run I loved to run fast and and that was kind of like my thing but soccer was like that was my jam like that was that was the dream so
0: when you say you've run since seven was you mean your first race was at seven right
3: yeah, yeah. I started racing when I was seven, just local little city races, and then when I, by the t- and then I did like cross country in middle school. But all the sports in middle school are like introductory, you know. that's like a five five weeks of you can join the basketball team in five weeks you can join, you know. Um. So I did that in middle school, and then when I was in high school, I was a sprinter. And the whole reason why I was even on track and field was just so I could be a better soccer player. Like yeah. I wanted to be fast and powerful. So. I had friends that did like the 800 and you know the 3200 and I just thought they were insane like why would you run that far on the track <laughs> but yeah. unless there's a ball at your feet you know <laughs> What position
0: um, did you play in soccer?
3: I was outside left like left mid and striker so my, my nickname was a uh, greyhound cuz oh, I wow. could just run up and down that sideline all, awesome. all all 90 minutes yeah super fun so I I got to play in college uh and that's where I met my husband, and so running's cool. always been a part of my life in, in one way or another. So wait, yeah. wait where co-
0: would you go to college? I'm <laughs> like rapid fire here. Where where was the where was the college?
3: I went to Biola University. Yeah, not not my first choice. Actually, when my when my mom was really sick, um, I was on an awesome soccer club team and had schools from all over the nation sending me letters, which was really exciting. Mm -hmm. And then when she died, I just, um, I stopped playing on that club team and I kind of threw the dream away. And at the end of my senior year, a family friend was like, your mom would be devastated if she knew that you weren't even going to go to college or you wouldn't do anything. And so I, um, she took me around to some local colleges and one of them was Biola University and the coach came walking out and he's like, you know, we, we know who you are. We'd love for you to play. And about half the girls on the team were willing to give up part of their scholarship if you come play oh, for us. And, whoa. Um, yeah, it changed my life because I thought, like, who am I? I? And who are these girls that they give up? Like what they work so hard for. And, um, you know, most kids at the end of your senior year, you already know where you're going. Scholarships are already given out. So um, it was not the school I wanted to go to. And but it was like 45 minutes from my house. And um yeah so I kind of struggled a little bit like the first few months there just like what am I this is not the path I want to be in this is not the school I want to be at and uh it turned out to be exactly where I needed to be and um ended up meeting Eddie there it was the best part so <laughs> <Wow. Right on. laughs> are you still yeah. friends with
2: any of your teammates uh, from back then
3: oh yeah I yeah I'm some of my best best friends wow. I've I've my lifelong, like, best, best friends, none of them are runners. Oh, <laughs> so, so, h- the how do you talk to them? <laughs>
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> right? I know I love all the ultra memes, right, where yeah. they just, like, <laughs> you know, make us out to be, like, so crazy and unrelatable all the time. But um, that probably is why we are such good friends, because they've known me at every season in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, they, i met all my college friends just a year after my mom passed away and I was just a, a soccer player. And, um, so they didn't know me as, as an ultra runner. In fact, when I started doing marathoning, they were like, what are you doing? That's so weird. I mean, but they've
0: (laughs) got to to (laughs) follow you on Instagram now and they see like the insanity that's going on. So I, you know, I, I feel like if you have friends that don't follow you on Instagram, it's like you see them, and they're like, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, it's, I can't go I into can't. all of it. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just go look at my feed. That's that everything I do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was joking the other day with one of my girlfriends. Her husband is really active on Instagram. I mean, he has to be for part of his job. And, um, something was going on between the two of them. He like, he came home from work and, and she was like, dude, you're running late. Like we were supposed to have dinner at this time. He's like, ha- haven't you seen my day? Like I put it on Instagram and she was like, oh no, 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 no. Like, no, i <laughs> are not going there.
0: <laughs>
2: have you not talked to my personal assistant, also known as my Instagram Right?
3: <laughs> yeah. Did you not? my stories
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly what's wrong with it, it, it but it is it's, it's exhausting running into an old friend that doesn't do social media and you're like where do I start about 10 years ago I got into running and then it just consumed my life and yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. speaking of which uh your Instagram account has you've been active for a, a while now on Instagram I guess yeah um and Right now, I was like. Since
3: the day where you just posted food. Right. I mean, since. So- yeah, right. <laughs> so- you put filters
0: on food photos back then. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so true. Beautify the food. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, so you, you're this, like, you probably before the Nike contract came way after that, you were sort of well known, for, uh, like, on social media, wouldn't you say?
3: Um. I think I was known probably like for a couple different things, but I, I wouldn't have considered myself like a well known <laughs> celebrity. I mean, I, I still don't consider I, myself a I celebrity. I guess in either. our
0: little like, tiny <laughs> niche of running, though, like it, I, I would yeah. find that it would be tough if you're into running and you are in this space and if you've run on a trail. You have probably been suggested to follow Yellow Runner at this point,
3: <laughs> right? I don't know. <laughs> but- I don't know. You know, when I, when I started my social media, though, I was um, – so I'm, a, I'm a, a fitness trainer and strength trainer and coach, mm-hmm. and that is I started that career because I wanted to stay at home with my kids. Like I didn't want to go back into the office. And so I built up my own fitness um, – like business. And so in like 2007, 2008, I started utilizing Facebook because that was the more popular, um, social media outlet that at that time. So I started using Facebook just to like push out like my classes and my boot camps and, um, trail runs and things like that. And, I think that was probably more of of what I was known for. But I posted a ton about my kids too. So I don't anymore because they're teenagers now. So anyone <laughs> that has – like you, you have to be really careful what you post. <laughs> sure. Uh, always get their permission. And like – Yeah. So at most I might do stories on them now. But I posted a lot of us running together, like running on mm. the trails. And um, even us like – One of my favorite videos is my daughter working out with me in the garage. I'm doing like some, I don't, you guys remember P90X? Yes. Oh, yeah. You guys remember? Yeah. (laughs) Like we, my husband and I were so into that. And so I would run and do P90X and my, my, my little babes would come in there and they would be doing like burpees with us. (laughs) Wait,
2: so you're actually one of the 10 people who bought it and then used it to its fullest extent? (laughs) No,
0: I know. I know people that did it. But there's There's so many people. popular. Yeah, like, you go to a Goodwill now, and you'll see, yeah. like, racks of p My the whole thing right? was, what do you do after the 90 days? It's like, it's like, uh, it's like, crap, you've done it. Right? <laughs> yeah.
3: Right? My, my husband kept doing it, and then I think, you know, then they always have to build on it, right? Like, the creators are like, P90X on crack, you know? <laughs> it's like, one step up, and.
0: <laughs> you've heard of seven-minute abs. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> now it's eight minute
0: ads. <laughs> twice the shred one minute more Yeah, exactly that's awesome yeah.
2: so uh, uh so you talked about how you played soccer and also a p90x aficionado among other things so for the purposes of our running podcast how did you end up getting into trail and ultra running because that's kind of your you know What you're most known for, I guess, at this point. Well, when you
0: win Badwater, one thirty-five, I think. Well, you're giving away the. Oh, damn (laughs) it! Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, never mind.
2: Yeah, so kind of nothing. (laughs) How did your uh, journey go from from uh, you know soccer player to ultra runner?
3: Yeah, you know, I think because since I was a little girl, I I knew. I was going to be a professional athlete. That was like the dream that never left. And I really thought it was going to be in soccer. That was, I mean, I'd come home from soccer practice and practice in the front, on the front lawn for a couple hours, you know, juggling the ball and practicing my touches. And by the time I was 14, 15, I had just really developed this, um, a pretty stringent training program. So in my mind, I always believed like if I'm just practicing more than other people, that I'm just going to be better. Like I'm just going to be putting, you know, as a little kid, you just think the more, you know, the more that I do, the more that I can practice, like I'm going to outplay people. And I didn't come from, you know, I, I came from a family, we didn't have a lot of um, opportunity. I wasn't able to sign up for like extra classes or be on a club team, like all these things that what that was happening around me, you know, people had private trainers and they were on traveling teams. And so I remember, you know, asking my, my mom all the time, like, you know, why can't I be on a club team? Why can't I do this? And, and her thing was always like, you can, you can always work hard. You can complain right. or you can work hard. And so wow. um, I'm really grateful for that because even when we didn't have much, you um, you can always choose to work. You can put in the work no matter what. You can always find a way. And, um, and so I think that is really kind of what allowed me to get to where I was as, a, as an adult because by the time I finished college I did a little bit of traveling with with soccer like a year after college and then I came home I was a freshman English teacher and I still loved training so like I would I would train early in the morning before school I'd go hit the gym weights like for an hour and a half before school and then I'd go run after school and I was like oh you know I'll do a marathon and I didn't really know like I just needed a goal I needed to keep training like it, just something that I love doing and I always wondered like why, why am I so passionate about this there, like I'm done with soccer I don't know like this direction I'm going in but I was like I need to have fitness still be a part of my life and so um I did that for a few years and then I had two kids and even when well I had my first my first kid Mackenzie uh when I was 26 and six months after she was born I did the Marine Corps marathon and um I you know I pretty much trained like pushing her in a stroller and Um, you know, it wasn't like a super fast marathon or anything, but I just remember loving everything about the run, but I wasn't super passionate about road. So I would think about like, man, what if I like trained really well? And like, I got up to like a pretty fast, like road marathon. Um, But I really loved lifting. I loved like strength training. And I loved this idea of Um, kind of combining the two. So when I created my boot camp, that's what most of my workouts were. It was running and strength training and a a lot of circuits that kind of involved the two. And then I'd train women to go and do, like mud runs were really popular around here. So there's mud runs and we do trail runs during the week. So that was like 2008. And so during that time, I started you know, I bought tons of fitness magazines and running magazines just to keep up on like what was going on in the fitness world at the time and always trying to learn. And I stumbled across these ultra races in runner's world. They did this whole article and I think it was Dean Karnazes and um, and Trayson timing and wise. other people. And I was like, timing yeah, wise, I'd be it, right it around was- board
0: to run. Oh
3: uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yes, and and well, actually, and and Dean's a few of his books had just come out as well, um, and one of them came with like a DVD.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I was
3: like, this this is crazy. Like this, people do this, but I was most fascinated with like the fact that our body is able mm. to run 100 miles. I just couldn't wrap my mind around that, and I've always loved a challenge. I'm really curious. I was like, dude, I'm gonna sign up for one. And everything that I read, which there wasn't a lot, it was more like forums and really weird, odd, electro music YouTube videos of someone shaking, <laughs> yeah. running down a trail. Without it was like, there is nothing out there on how to train for these things. And so I would I would go into Facebook and I would literally enter keyword ultra runner, trail runner, and just see names pop up. And like, I, I one of the far. first persons... Yeah. But Katra Corbet was one of the first persons that I like, she was so sweet to me and gave me all like these tips and stuff. And, um, but everyone was like, dude, you need to do a 50 K. And I was like, 50, it's like five more miles in a marathon.
2: That's not a challenge. Robbie like, like just I did one this God. weekend. I
3: do yeah. My ankle is currently it. What days. a sissy over here.
2: If it, if it looks like I'm slouching, it's because I'm resting my ankle on a chair right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As I rolled it. Uh, Robbie, get out there and run 60 on. more miles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 60, 60, 69 more miles. Yeah.
3: I love it. I love it. So I, I signed up for American River 50. That was my first one in April of um, 2010, and I in bring up a I fell a in love with really it.
0: great thing that now it's kind of passed by. But ultra running really was a weirdo sport in 2010. Now it's like everybody it was, and their moms run a up. you know an ultra, but it was it was bizarre humans doing it back in 2010.
3: Yeah, and I, I remember yeah when I was. You start line, there weren't a lot of chicks out there and there were a lot of girls out there and there weren't a lot of, like, moms with young kids. No. Like, I... But everyone was so nice. Like, I think that was the other thing that I love. Like, i go on the start line everyone's talking to each other. Oh, where are you from? Cool. What's your name? You ever done <laughs> one? You know, like, wow! Like, of all the road races I've done, like, I had never been right. so welcomed and every, every race I met people. Like, I made friends and we'd keep in touch and... Um, it's how I met all my, the guys ended up training with like Billy Yang and Colin Cooley and Dave Daly, like all those guys, like you just meet them at races and then pretty soon you're like, Hey, we live by each other. Let's go do a long run. And so that 2010 was, was definitely like a, you know, it was a new, uh, pivoting change in my life. My kids were really little too when I ran it. I they were had just turned two and in, two and four a couple weeks before. Oh, wow. yeah. Um so learning to juggle that was different. My my life looked really different and I had to have a lot of conversations with my husband because <laughs> I couldn't just like go on these long trail runs for hours and hours. So, you know, I was taking the kids to the gym and I'd try to get sixty minutes into the gym and then when they were napping I'd hop on the treadmill for like thirty minutes while they're napping and then late at night. I, so I was sometimes training two to three times a day, not long, Mm -hmm. but maybe it took me that long two to three times a day to get in like nine miles. And, and I just had to commit to that. I had to kind of be okay with like, yeah, my training's not going to look like anybody else's. I'm not going to be able to like pull up a training plan and follow it right along. I have to come up with my own way if I want to make this work. And Um, so for the, the next three years, that's, that's really what I did was I just started to carve out a path that fit my life and my family and, and still, you know, wanting to be a good mom and run my business. I mean, I had a lot going on in my life, but there was a piece of me that was like trying to fulfill a dream that I had had since I was a little girl. And I I was like, I need to go after it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. How many, Um, uh, during that time, how many miles a week were you doing?
3: Um, because I was brand new, I'd say in the beginning, I was probably only doing between like 50 and 70 miles a week. That's a like lot that though. first yeah. year. With the kids. Yeah. With, with yeah. I mean, I two <laughs> yeah. and a four year old. Yeah. <laughs> but my activity level was always really high. So as a college athlete, you know, you, you are training a lot of times twice a day and you know, your soccer games are an hour and a half. So um, endurance was something I yeah. had built up my whole life. And I, I would say that to anybody starting into ultra running, just because you're, you're planning to race a 30 mile race doesn't mean that right away you're running hundred mile weeks and like, <laughs> right. You, know, you can really destroy your body. And I learned that my first two years, like I beat up my body really good. And in fact, in 2011, I barely raced at all. Oh, wow. And, um, I did some shorter, like trail races to test my legs because I got two injuries, uh, right away. Cause I thought, well, ultra running means you just run as much as possible. And so after I did American <laughs> river 50, Four weeks later, I ran PCT 50. And a week later, I ran Bishop 50 uh, miler. Yeah. And then a few weeks, you know, a couple months after that, I ran 100K. Wow. I, I just, and I just trashed my body. So <laughs> yeah. it took me a couple years to learn my lesson. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate, too, about sharing my strength training and just, like, the right way to train, the right way to recover, because it's easy to get caught up in the comparison game or not know someone's background. Like, some people are like, oh, dude, this... Runners like so badass just came onto the scene and they're crushing. I was like no, <laughs> there's years and years of work. Mm. Like you don't know if that person was coached all throughout college. Like you don't know all the background work if they've been an athlete their whole life. Like that's their base. For sure, you know. So, um, what? and and so following stuff on social media can be super dangerous, which is what I did, and that's why I got injured. And so then I thought, you know, I I want to start sharing what makes our bodies strong. So I think like in two thousand. 13 Billy Yanks started helping me um put out exercise videos strength training stuff a lot of single leg work it was my first stuff you can still find it on YouTube in fact i think outside magazine picked up one of them and it got all these views and we were like all excited <laughs> but um that kind of began the journey of like let's be strong runners um you know here's the things that i that i do to stay injury free and um yeah, so it's kind of been like a hybrid a hybrid journey for me of what, running far and lifting. <laughs> What's kind
0: of crazy about what you're talking about here and combining like the family with the running is I think mm-hmm. a lot of times when people first get into running also, they don't realize that you don't just have to have endurance for the running part. You have to have build up endurance yeah. so that you can spend time with your family, spend time. You know with your kids so it's true. like finish your run don't go to the couch <laughs> yeah. continue with the rest of your day and i don't think that
3: Dude, i'm so glad you bring that yeah. up yeah that that i think that are both you guys parents uh-huh. you guys have kiddos yeah, yeah. i have three to yeah. six
0: year olds so yeah and 13 and 10 <laughs> yeah.
3: oh man you're in- okay those are such fun years but like exhausting right <laughs> <For sure>. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> Oh, like last night I was up all night because my uh, three-year-old has a fever and is, and was waking up every two hours. So yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
3: In it Luckily sick. he didn't have to they, run they... this morning. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the only yeah. nice thing. But yeah, yeah. so
0: it, like well, you like you were saying, that is um, an interesting point. But I think that that's what, when you talk about ultra running and you get into that, that mindset really serves you well. Like when you realize, hey, mm-hmm. there's not a couch at the end of this. There's a there's more to do. And then when you get out on the, the, you know, long run, you know, it's just like, Hey, this is the easy part.
3: <laughs> so true. I, and I, I think too, you know, there are, I I'd say when I first started, I didn't meet a lot of moms. Even now there's not as, as far as the level that I'm running at, I don't meet a lot of like moms of, of kids. You know, my kids are teenagers now they yeah. were babies when I started, but Um, that part's been a little lonely and, and at some times has been frustrating for me because I realize, um, you know, I had to, you know, I would get frustrated that like, dude, I don't get to wake up at 8am, train for five hours, take a nap, make an organic like (laughs) meal that took you an hour to make and like, and and then go train again.
0: I was just looking at your speed though. And I said to Robbie, I was like, where do you get a life where you get uh, enough time to run and do all these workouts? And I'm like, okay. <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I just, I, I feel like I had to understand that like the journey that, that I was on, it was important to embrace. And not only that, to share that with other people that wherever you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. You know, you're not, you know, I, I didn't come into running because I was copying somebody else or because I was doing it the way they were doing it. And, you know, and I had sat under uh, when I was getting my coaching certifications, too. I remember distinctly one of the guys that was um, doing this one part of our certification. He was a former um, like world champion athlete in like multi sports. And, you know, he did like the endurance, you know, like the ultra kayaking and mountain biking, like all over the world. This guy was so legit. But I remember him saying and this before I I was signed. I remember him saying like, yeah, if you want to make it to the top, like you will have no life. Like that's the way Mm -hmm. it goes. Like you need to be selfish and you're like, you're not going to have family. It's like 24 seven if you want to be the best. Like he was just hammering this home. And I remember thinking in. I remember thinking to myself I was a little bit bitter listening to him cuz I was like I I don't know like I'm not sh- like that doesn't sound attractive if that is truly what it is to be at the top of your game is that you have to become this selfish person that's so self-absorbed yeah. and you're not serving other people and you don't have relationships mm-hmm. and you know I don't know if I want that but it did light a fire in me thinking I'm going to find a way to do that well, like mm-hmm. I want to I want to know that You know, for a lot of female athletes, like they get signed before they have families. Like that's the way it works. And we've even seen, like, you know, especially in recent years, a lot of women who have been pro athletes and then they got pregnant and then it was like they lost their contracts and this all uprising Mm -hmm. and these conversations kind of forming around that. And brands then now creating new clauses that say, well, if you get pregnant, it's okay. And, you know, you're still going to keep on and, you know, having to make things more legally binding. But, you know, for me, I didn't have any support as, as a mom. I'd say that most of the moms, even in my community, thought I was crazy. They thought I was <laughs> a bad mom. Um, I felt, a sh- you know, I had a lot of shame that I oh, that yeah. I dealt with because they just thought, well, if you're running, if you're pursuing something, then that means that you're neglecting Selfish. your children in your house and da da da. Yeah, so I I spent a lot of years just kind of feeling isolated, but. Um, But it also—that's what—that was the fuel that drove me to prove everyone wrong in that area too, and say like, there's a lot of women like me. There's a lot of women who want to be able to still pursue the things they love and show their kids that their dreams are worth it, and still be good moms and still be present. I think there's two things in that um, though.
0: Like, there's there's two parts that I think people don't realize that running is like a meditation or something like that, that you're a better mom when you are physically fit and have taken time for yourself. You're a better mother for that. And the second part yeah. is we're seeing some examples of women that are proving that myth wrong, like Kira D'Amato, who's also a Nike sponsored athlete. And we're seeing, Sarah. She, yeah, they, they, they have Sarah, kids yeah. and they're, they're back in, you know, fighting shape and not just taking down (laughs) world records the the narrative is 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 changing and and hopefully it's kind of like Mm. the difference between i see like the ultra racing in 2010 where it was like some weirdos uh in vans and stuff like that (laughs) to now it's like much more mainstream it's like when you tell someone you're like Robbie here who just did a 50 K and you're like, Hey, you did 50. Yeah, that's great. I just did a hundred miler, you know, oh, I'm doing seven sisters. You know, it's like, it's a one upmanship uh, on, on all these things. But yeah, I hope I think that we're going to see it evolve. Um, and that also women looking up to examples like yourself to say, you know what, it is possible to, you know, juggle this stuff and not just do it as a hobby, but maybe pursue it as, as a profession.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen so many changes already. And I think that in, you know, in my personal journey, I didn't make it, I didn't feel like I needed to get on social media and like blast everyone or everything. Like, because I still had a, a lot of, I also had a lot of supportive people in, in my life. And I think many times when we feel discouragement, a lot of it comes from from the inside it's this it's what we are choosing to believe and what we're choosing to accept and you could have 20 people cheering you on and and telling you're doing great and they're supporting you and then it's like that one person that says an off comment and you see that a lot on social media so then they'll post that off comment and raw and it's like dude but what about all these people that support you and love you and like so for me I part. Oh my <gosh>. about <laughs> No, I I just, I feel like the big part of endurance sports is, is your mind. And so you have to choose like, I'm, this is what I'm going to accept. This is what I'm going to believe. Like you could be Mother Teresa. You're always going to have your critics. You're always going to have opinions and you have the power to choose what to accept and absorb and what to kind of bat off. So You know i've had a my husband's been incredibly supportive he's he's quiet more in in the background he'd rather not do social media doesn't give a crap what people think of him but um there's no one that's been as supportive and 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 helpful and cheering me on as much as as he has and i'd say that you know like kira damato she's she's awesome she's i call her a friend she also has an incredibly supportive family sarah hall same thing Mm. um and i i'm all about I'm all about that. Like we can talk about being strong women, but I think it's important that we equally say like I have a strong um, team of, of people. And, you know, when I first started trail running, I mean, I became a stronger trail runner because of the guys that I ran with. I was four guys that I'd run with all the time. And, you know, no drama. It wasn't like gossip hour. It wasn't like, you know, all these feely conversations. Like I just wasn't into that stuff. So I love training with guys for that reason. I was like, dude, let's go get the, go get the work done. But these guys ended up becoming like my brothers. I mean, to this day where they're like my bros and I, I love them and their families so much. And, um, but I, I attribute a lot of my training and pushing. I mean, these guys pushed me so much and, um, yeah so it is it's a community I think strong women are strong enough to stand up and and tell the world that like it isn't just me that's being strong like I'm recognizing that I have I, I've surrounded myself with strong people yeah. and people that believe in me and and have allowed me you know help me you know push for all these years <laughs>
0: second check-in ah that unicorn has probably been running around your head now for a little bit probably making it hard to listen to the rest of this podcast because you're all pumped up you're thinking i gotta find that fall race i gotta find a race where i can bq and get there if you're going you're probably all juiced up and pumped up about being there maybe you're coming even to our bagel run so stay excited maybe that little bit of extra adrenaline will help push you through this run today
2: yeah and so Kind of coming back to the whole social media thing and people pointing out, you know, the, that one person who like, uh, likes to talk shit <laughs> on social media. It always seems to be the same person who always yeah. posts it all the time. Um, you can block people. Right? Yeah. But, you know, it's yeah. the same type of person. But you, mm-hmm. I, I listened to uh, your interview on Floris Gearman's podcast. And, uh,
3: oh, I love it. Which he's, he's awesome. an awesome
2: dude. Yeah. And you, I'm sure you've run really with him is. The times. Um, But yeah. one of the things you talked about was you—you you don't have your body type isn't of a prototypical or a stereotypical like runner, and so a lot of times yeah. people will be like, like you'll actually get people commenting on that, which is crazy. Um, And then you have to deal Maybe. with that. So Al- like
3: almost daily. That's <laughs> crazy. I'm not lying. It is it is daily. If I go out in shorts, shorts in a tank top or anything, I will. I'm in a coffee house, grocery store, library. It doesn't matter. Really? Yeah. That's. Just... It isn't all negative though. I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember that conversation with Flores. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, so yeah, I didn't know if you could talk about that. A little bit. Yeah, just... can you give it a little
0: context because I did not catch that one. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, I so I'm I'm gonna preface it with this. I don't think, I mean, we're, we're given eyes for a reason. There's, there's nothing wrong with noticing like, wow, the sunset is beautiful that, you know, or that, you know, that guy's really tall. I wonder if he plays basketball. Like, you know, we, as, as humans, we, we are constantly judging and evaluating things around us. Mm -hmm. And we are constantly, you know, going through opinions in our mind and connecting how things work. So, there had to be a point like in my life where I had to be gracious about that. Cause I'm like, wait, I, I actually do the same thing. Like I've asked tall guys if they play basketball and they roll their <laughs> eyes at me. Like, no, right. just cause I'm six, four. doesn't mean, you know? And yeah. so it's pretty much the same thing. If someone comes up to me, they're like, dude, do you do CrossFit? Cause I have quads that look like redwood trees. Like <laughs> I'm not like, why would I be so offended that they didn't say, Hey, are you an ultra runner? Like, I, I think that there's a little bit of pride that can very easily come in when we talk about our bodies and, and this idea of like, they should know better. They should know exactly what I do. It's like, really? Like, are people really thinking about you that much? Like, sometimes I've, I've realized that people will, especially in the gym. I've had men and women approach me and they'll say something right away. Like, dude, like, are you, do you, are you training for Ironman or it's never runner? I mean, I'd say like, I could have maybe eight times in my entire life and people thought I was a runner. And in, in, when I first started um, in ultra running, I used to be offended by that. I used to like, gosh, you know, everyone thinks that I'm like a kickboxer or UFC fighter (laughs) or like a bodybuilder always. And Then I, I thought, okay, I need to actually like check my heart and, and my mind and ask myself why that bums me out. And it really came down to me. It came down to the fact that I had been internally thinking about the fact that I don't look like all the other girls in in endurance running like i do not look like a road if i stand on that start line it (laughs) would be very obvious that i'm the biggest person on the start line and in my mind i kept telling myself that was a bad thing Mm. and in 2015 2016 I went and saw um, three different nutritionists and, and one of them had run this like um, like body fat testing where they submerge you, you know, they submerge you in the water. And it was like this package deal. You could get like submerged in the water, you could get your VO2 max tested and then they come up with a nutrition plan for you. And so in my mind, I I was thinking... Um, and I was already signed. So Nike had signed me as a big, Whoa. muscular girl. So for me, I was, still wasn't content. And and this is this is the great problem, is that believing a lie, I, cho- I chose to do that. And I had a lot of people that supported me. I had a lot of big brands that were supporting me, that believed in me. You know, at this time, I was going back to Western States for the second time. I had finished in the top 10. Like, I had been invited to races all over the world. But I wouldn't accept that I was good enough because I wasn't small enough. And so when I went to this nutritionist and she dunked me and, you know, she put me on the VH max, she, she sat me down and she's like, well, why are you, you haven't told me what you do for a living. And I was like, and I didn't want to tell her because I wanted to have like a real pure opinion. And she's like, you're, um, all your numbers tell me that you're like, you're elite. She's like, your body fat is 11%. And your VO2 max is really high. She's like, "What do you do?" And so I told her, "I was, you know, I'm endurance runner." She's like, "Really? I wouldn't think you're endurance runner." I'm like, "Yeah," thanks. and <laughs> Here i was we like, are again. I'm "Actually, wondering." <laughs> I go, "I'm wondering if you can help me like lessen the muscle in my body." And she just kind of like leans back and looks at me sideways, and she's like, "Yeah." I don't, I don't do stuff like that. And she's like, are are you eating well? And then she's like trying to fish if I have like an eating disorder, which Mm -hmm. that is something I have not struggled with in my life. I, I go on the other end. I super love to eat. (laughs) And so I was like, um, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm good at eating. And I go, I'm just trying to like lessen the muscle. I think it is, it gets in the way and you know, I I'm pretty big out out on the mountain, trying to push myself up a mountain. And she just paused right there and said, you know what? The reason why you can perform at the level is because of the body that you have. Mm-hmm. If you take the muscle away, you won't be able to perform well. And mm-hmm. I I don't want to wreck your performance. Um, and so I don't think we can work together. And literally like, that was it. Like she oh. pretty much dismissed me, <laughs> oh, wow. but it was, good. it was a good conversation for me. It was very healthy. It was the first time I had gotten you know, my, uh, a true like body fat test. I then did the DEXA scan, the one where you lay and they kind of like scan over your body. That one's a little bit more accurate. Same thing. I went in and I told, I didn't tell the guy what I did for a living. I was just like, Hey, I'm a mom. And I just, I I saw your track. (laughs) I'm just the strongest mom you've ever met. (laughs) So he scans me and he's like, okay, what do you do for a living? He's like, the only people that have ever had these numbers are my professional wrestlers and I was like, "Oh." I go, "Well, I'm a, I'm a professional endurance runner, you know, I do ultras." He's like, oh, "Okay." And same thing, like I told him the same thing, like I was just wondering how you would like lessen the muscle. And um so that's my very a, a somewhat embarrassing uh humbling story. Of the journey that I have taken because of what people would say to me, because strangers and critics and comments, um, I believed it as real. I believed that I wasn't good enough. I would never be at that level. And then, of course, like I piled on the fact that I didn't train like everyone else. I didn't have the rest and the recovery and the freedom to train and have these like well thought out training programs because I was I was raising babies. So. Yeah. You know,
0: you're actually giving me something else to think about here. And it has, we we always talk about it in in body type uh, when it comes to running, Mm because I think it's a prevalent thing in running. But I think it comes down to something else. It comes down to wanting to belong. It's the same thing when I was a skateboarder, when I was a teenager, I wanted to look like a skateboarder. I wanted to have the right shirts, the right shorts, the right
3: shoes you need vision streetwear
0: yeah you want you people to, to see you and go
3: jacket.
0: skateboarder and <laughs> i think it's the same thing with running i think that maybe we attribute to um cuz it, it is funny when you 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 said hey i want to lose muscle and obviously your performance is going to go down if you get rid of muscle yeah um i think that people yeah. think oh if i'm lighter i'm faster but obviously the muscle is what's propelling yeah. you but it, it is wanting to just belong and to fit in and to be recognized as somebody that's part of something that you love. So if you're not instantly mm-hmm. recognized as a runner, it, it sucks, to, I guess, yeah. sometimes. So And we all want to belong.
3: Yeah. No, that, that's such a great point. And I think the, the beauty in that is understanding that you belong all the time. Um, and there isn't, I, we can, we can dig back through history and find out, wait, who's the person that started this? <laughs> who's the person who started and said that we need to look like this, or we need to do this or that in order to belong. Um, but it's, it's understanding like you belong from day one cause you're here and the things that you are passionate about and that you love and that you are even like naturally gifted at since the time you were a little kid, a lot of times those those shape your journey. They're supposed to be a part of your journey. And sometimes the greatest part of your story is the fact that you didn't look like everyone on the basketball team. Like you were sped web at five foot three yeah, winning right? a dunking contest. <laughs> <laughs> like that guy will you're, you're pulling right? Sped Webb
0: like, out. <laughs> yeah. I love
3: that. Yeah. It is. I mean, I, I loved him. Like I, I actually think he was five, six, maybe it was another guy that was five, but still like,
0: yeah,
3: yeah, 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 you're right. And I think that is so powerful for anyone. It's like, well, if you really love something and you're, you actually genuinely are passionate about it, it's something you really want to do, then you need to focus forward and not to your right or left focus on the goal and go after it. Because no matter what, you will be that much better if you're putting in the work than if you just sit and you criticize yourself and you don't do anything because you're listening to a bunch mm. of you know, strangers talk about what you can and can't do. And at the end of the day, most of your critics are people that don't try themselves. Most of your critics are people that actually need to be loved and encouraged and inspired themselves because they're spending their time criticizing you they're not spending their time working on their goals and that's something that I tell my kids all the time you, you should be listening to the people that you want to be like the people that are your heroes that live their lives with integrity that put in the hard work not people who sit around and gossip and criticize and tear the peoples down you know do you want to be like that person no then why do you care what they have to say and mm-hmm. I think that for athletes it's really powerful you know the people that I look up the most the my heroes I mean some of them aren't even runners it's just the way they they live their life the way that they live their lives with integrity they put in that work and they lift other people up and that can totally change your path that changes your work ethic when you have the right mindset it doesn't matter what you look like if you love it and you're passionate about it you're gonna go after it and I think that you know that 2015 2016, the, those two years, I had to make that decision. Like, I'm just going to own this. Like, you know what? I am big. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that word. I know that triggers some people, you know, and even some people, they'll meet me like, dude, you're not even like that big or you're this, you're <laughs> that. And I'm like, like, it goes all ways. You know, everyone has like all these opinions, but but I started to use it as a connecting point. And I said, you know, every time someone comes up and talks to me, that's actually an opportunity speak to them I I have this opportunity to encourage somebody and I have no idea where that'll lead and you know I I share I've shared this story a couple times really simple but um in 2016 I was still kind of struggling with myself and I used to wear like these really big jackets didn't matter where I was or what temperature was but I had finished this training run out on the trails it was a summer day and a lot of times after I finish a long run if there's a Whole Foods nearby I will go there and just plow down food I love (laughs) the salad bar that's there that has has, like the hot food. that gets expensive that, that, that
0: Whole Foods salad bar. They like soak everything I know, it's in the water. Whole yeah. You get a $20 salad.
3: <laughs> right? Yeah. So this was this was my treat for my long run. But I had one of these jackets in my car, and I was like sweaty, and I was just wearing like my, my Hispanic shorts and a tank top. And I was like, oh, I'll throw on the jacket because I don't want to, I don't want to deal with people. <laughs> like yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anyone. Like I don't want someone saying something about how I look. And so, um. I grabbed my jacket, I put it on, and then I just kind of froze in that moment. I was like, you know what? I, this is like so controlling. Like this is like such a thing that the controls fight. me. Like I'm always yeah. like worried mm-hmm. or anxious about it. I'm worried and anxious about what I naturally look like when I, I shouldn't be. So I took it off, I threw it in the back seat. I walk into the grocery store. In less than a minute, I notice this, this woman staring at me. And I'm in the aisle and like, for me because it happened so much, like I'm so intuitive to it. Like it might be kind of like freaking out, but But like 99.9% of the time, I'm like, this person's staring at me. So I pretend to like pick something up and then I go around to the next aisle and she follows me. I'm like, unbelievable. She's going to say something in three, two, and then she did. She's Mm -hmm. like, hey, can I ask you something about your legs? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And she's like, you know, I, your legs are just amazing and they're so strong. How do you get them like that? And I turn and look at this woman and she's beautiful. And she's very fit, she's got her fitness clothes on and looks like she maybe just got done with a workout herself. And I I look, you know, I I was kind of like stunned by it. And she goes on to say, you know, I've been working with my trainer for two years and I've been wanting legs that look like yours and we just can't get there. And I don't know what's wrong. And as she's speaking, I'm looking at her face and her face just looks so sad. She looks so discontent. And When she finishes talking, I I thought, I can say one of two things. I can talk about myself or I can talk about her. And so I, I look at her, I was like, well, first of all, I go, I, I have to, you know, you notice me, but I'm, you look amazing. You look very fit. I can tell that you work really hard. And she drops her eyes down to the ground and she's just like, yeah, but I just, I can't get to where my, you know, I want my legs to look like yours. And I thought, well, it looks like your, your legs look great for, for what you have. And, you know, we all have different muscle tone, but like, I can tell you're working hard. And, and she just, you know, she smiled back at me, but she kind of just shook her head and walked away and that wasn't like what she wanted to hear. And, um, as I, as I left the grocery store that day, I realized, you know, our fitness and our physical bodies so often are deeply connected with how we feel about ourselves and, um, how we view ourselves And sometimes we glorify muscles. You know, we glorify the person that just looks amazing. We think that also inwardly they're amazing, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's a way that we also hide what we're feeling on the inside. And this woman was, was very unhappy. Mm. And I thought, you know, if I'm, I'm just going to commit now, if people are going to come up and talk to me, if they're drawn to me because like, wow, you know, she's muscular, I'm, I'm going to flip the conversation and I have the opportunity and the power to use that to connect with someone in a real way, somewhere that isn't just the physical surfacey way. Like I can use that to, to encourage someone else or me even make a friend. So that's ultimately what really helped me, um, kind of move on from that is like, no, this is the body I'm supposed to have. And it isn't all about just me. It's, yeah. it's the fact that, I get to use it to not only run, but I can connect with people because of it. I
2: gotta say that's pretty refreshing to hear because I feel like nowadays everybody's just looking for a reason to get angry at someone else. So, like and using hate. using that, well, and you and you could we and, are on the east coast, <laughs> and and justifiably, you know, justifiably you could have yeah. a reason to be mad at someone coming up to you and talking to you, but to to actually look for it as a way to connect with someone and find
0: out more about them is like, but I have nice a question for you. Mm-hmm. This is for Robbie. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel like this is somewhat, this is a gender difference thing because I have never in my entire oh, time of for, running. Oh, for had sure. Anybody comment for sure on like, Oh, you, you look or don't look like a runner. Yeah. I mean, have you, do you encounter that? I've never come up to you and been like, you got great calves, bro. How'd you do that? Actually, I feel I feel like you have said that before. <laughs> uh, you do have nice legs. <laughs> um,
2: but I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, no, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, think it's obviously. A different day,
3: though, too. I I think guys just you know I yeah, especially I I've, I've been going to the gym since I was 16, um, and looking back, I just giggle because I'm like I think of all the times men would come up to me mm-hmm. and be like, "Hey, sweetie, you need to be holding the dumbbells like that," you know, just yeah. trying to just be pointers and. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. So I've listened to a lot of conversations in the gym, you know, you're sitting there in between sets and you just kind of pay attention to what's going on. And, um, I I'm really comfortable in the gym. Like I, I think that women it's, it's getting a lot better, but like in my young twenties, like you just, like I was always the only girl in the weight room. Like yeah. the girls were always on the cardio machines or like on the assisted weight, you know, the seated stuff. Um, but I, um, I love throwing around dumbbells and barbells and things like that. So, you know, I learned by listening and I found that like men were super supportive. I mean, they're, they're in their spot in each other and they're, they're talking about how they're going to build up their chest and what they're doing. Oh dude, what are you doing for shoulders, bro? Like, you know, everything is like, I like wanted to be a part of that. Like I thought, you know, like it was, it was pretty supportive is just that women, you know, women didn't tend to come in there, but I will say, I also have my fair share of, you know, you, you get harassed a little, you know, a little bit here and there because it isn't common, um, you know, to see like strong women lifting weights next to the guys, but it's changed. I mean, it's, it's changed a lot. Like I'm starting to see a lot, a lot more women in there, but I think you're right. Like as far as, uh, the way that, you know that men interact with each other like you don't hear a lot of that hey you don't look like a soccer player or here's this there's teasing which i and then because i have a son like i hear them like tease each other and then they just kind of like shake it off and they go back to playing their game but like girls like if a girl can't go up to another girl and be like oh my gosh your boobs are so small and you look terrible on <laughs> that i mean that's like an immediate enemy <laughs> like you're not talking to that girl forever but you hear guys kind of te- oh dude your calves are so Small, like you know, pencil legs, and and yet they're like too. best buddies yeah. Right? I mean, it's just
0: <laughs> like Robbie calls uh, me pencil legs, but I go, I I blow it off, and I'll still run with them, But then I go home and I cry for like an hour. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's first time I'm hearing about this. So that's on you for yeah. not telling me. <laughs> We're still friends, <laughs> right?
3: Um, well, I don't know. I I th- I think it's just it's trying to just be more healthy in the way that we just communicate about bodies. I, I I do realize though that when I post body stuff that I still have a lot of people that my heart breaks and I want to be very empathetic and sensitive to it that mm-hmm. people are really triggered like what a-hole said that to you I can't believe people people need to stop saying this I'm like whoa <laughs> like that's never my reaction like yeah, it's usually it's okay.
0: <laughs> I, I find it really <laughs> strange usually when uh we see a comment like, if we're reading women's posts or something and somebody makes a comment, it's a dude who's going to jump up and be like super offended it before anybody else. Usually, you notice that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, I think there is like a, like
2: people are just looking to be offended and get angry about things. So it's just like anything yeah. like that. And it's like, obviously, there's some things like to be offended and angry about, but sometimes yeah. it's just like people are like people are just people. in the ready state yeah and the pe- people just get yeah. mad at people who might just you know i don't know there's there's no grace i feel like for some things today. but
0: as much as we talk well, bad about social i think it's so inspiring to see like your feed and see like you work for what you've got and i love that especially now you know we talk about you know not everybody wants to work for everything anymore or you know and they just expect it to just come to them and even, you know, they come into the workforce and they're like, they want to be CEO the first day. And, you know, it's like
3: right?
0: nobody has oh that gosh. work. So it's fun to sometimes see people who are out there busting their ass, doing the work, and you're like, oh, she deserves to have success. She's done the work to get there. Mm-hmm. And you can see it on your on your feed, which I, I think is a positive thing about social media. we It gets bashed all the time, but I, I love that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. No, so so much positive. I mean, I get... I, I can't – I there's no way that I could possibly keep up with all the messages that come in. Like, the private messages are pretty amazing, and people will get really – you know, heartfelt and vulnerable and, and, and share things like, you know, you encourage me, you talk me off a cliff or like, I feel like I belong now or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, there's a whole like spectrum of, of the reason why people send me like a heartfelt message. And, and so, and, and that encourages me just to be better at at what I'm doing and to be really thoughtful in what it is that I post. Um, but I am always kind of evaluating, you know, what is going on in social media. I see like a really great way that we can connect and encourage. Um, but we all we but then it's not buying into the fact that we all need to be reactive and ranting and you know, I look at like my kids' social media and it's a thing to like record yourself crying. You yeah, know, right. it's a thing like, to what is that yourself, I don't see like that. Yeah. And so the, the emotions and feelings, it's like a thing to rant, like, as if that's what we're doing now. And to actually think in your head that everyone feels this way. Everyone is this angry. And I, I think it's, it's having to go into social media with a healthy point of view that one, there's only a few people in my life that get to speak into my life With, you know, with truth and opinion, like I I don't want to be flattered all the time. I don't want to be told that I'm right all the time or that everything I'm doing is great because it's not like I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to say things that I shouldn't. And, you know, there's be people that are going to disagree with me, but it's so nice when i know that if i post something that i need to receive the comments the same the compliments the same way that i do the criticisms and so i just don't receive any of them because as soon as i start posting just so that people will say mm. good things about me or the nice words are going to be for everyone to see well then that's going to stress me out because as soon as somebody criticizes me or gives a harsh opinion, well, then I'm going to take that on too. And so I think social media is just being careful with how you react to what people are saying and stay true to who you are. And when I started posting in 2009 on Facebook, that was something that I literally wrote down and said, I will be who I am as, as a real person on social media. When you meet me, I'm no different. And I'm going to tell the truth and I'm going to be vulnerable I'm okay, okay sharing about my failures. I'm okay sharing about the things that are imperfect, because that ultimately is is a responsibility um, that I feel that I have. You know, the more people that follow you, I, I believe it's we have the responsibility to be truthful and and to live with integrity and to put out good. And there's so much crap you know you scroll through social media there's so much negativity there's so much ranting and if that's what people are there for great but if you're going to come to my to my profile you're not going to get that and so that's it's just sticking to your message and ultimately it's almost like a brand like that's that's my brand to be encouraging and loving and and to stand up for things that maybe aren't aren't popular Um, you know, I talk about that with strength training all the time. It was, I was not popular in strength training. I had literally coaches and other people that would, um, you know, kind of turn their nose at me for the way that I train and, and even the way that I look. And, you know, I, I think there's room for everyone at the table. Um, but at the end of the day, it has to be rooted in, in love and and kindness if it's going to last.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know what we should do before we wrap up this hour though? What? I mean, it, I, I love that message of being, and we we live by that. One of the things that we kind of wrap ourselves around is our honesty and our authenticity when it comes to the things that we do. So we can appreciate what you're saying. But I think awesome. we haven't told people all the great things she's done. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like man, I'm I'll the winning this a of Badwater. Like, let's give, let's, let's talk, talk about, about some stuff. It's old. <laughs> it's not old. Like, it, how many people like? I don't know. I feel like that's well, exceptional uh, in, in its own right. You. But just just some of the things, like you once you do have a following and you have people out there, when you step on the line, it's a little different because you know you're being watched and you know that yeah. people are invested in your performance, whether they're rooting against you or for you. There's, there's a feeling, a little bit of weight. And, you know, so it takes some cur- extra courage, I think, to step out there when you are as public and open about – your training and all this stuff, um, you know, and you've, you've had some, some good success and you said you're happy sharing your failures, but right now I'd rather hear about some of your successes, some of your favorite races and some of the things that bring you joy.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'd say the successes are, are hard for me. It's hard for me to count my successes. I mean, all my medals and trophies are actually in a little dusty box on a shelf. Like I, I, <sighs> I'm kind of hard on myself uh, when it comes to that. So winning Badwater was a a really big deal to me because it was something that I had thought about and dreamed about and gone back and forth with like even running the race anyway for about a decade. So when that came true and um, it was not the performance that I had trained for, which, you know, you hear that a lot, like it wasn't my day, but it's like, I don't train to have my day. I train to be a better version of myself and, um, winning Badwater was overcoming a lot of physical challenges that I think would have sidelined me in years past. In fact, it was like, you know, I know it's TMI, my intestines were not great starting at mile 14. <clears throat> and I had had, um, you know, a race at UTMB in 2017 that at mile 80, I pulled out for that reason. Like I just couldn't keep anything down. And like, I, it was just terrible. And so, When that happened at Badwater start mile 14, I remember telling myself, uh, you know, the, the power of the mind is able to overcome, uh, so much physical discomfort. And I, I, I knew that I believe that in my life. I, I, you know, I've endured a lot of, um, outside of sport, you know, the home that I grew up in was a bit violent. I I had a dad that was very disapproving of me and wasn't very kind to me as a child and um, hurt me a lot. And so I did grow up knowing how to handle a lot of pain, a lot of physical pain, like true pain and suffering. I've, I always say that there is no pain and suffering in ultras. It's easy. Mm. That's stuff we get to do. It's a gift to be able to test our body. It's a gift to be able to pay all that money to line up at a start line. Mm. But if we don't take what we learn in those races and apply them to our real life, then we've lost. That's where we lose. And so for me, when I struggle in a race like I did at Badwater, I was heartbroken because I, I trained so hard. I mean, I lived like the last... Last six weeks before that race, I lived out there like half half of the week I was in the desert, and then half a the week I was at home. And like, I knew every inch of that race. I mean, I would do repeats up and down Mount Whitney, hundreds of miles training on that. I knew that I I was going to finish fast and hard, and I wanted to, you know, go for a fast time and be the champion. Real the real quick, struggle,
2: sorry. Can you yeah for listeners who don't know? Can you just give a quick rundown of Badwater
0: one thirty five?
2: Oh, just in case oh, anyone yeah. doesn't know.
0: Yeah and from no, gray school no, i went true. to school in california growing up and mount whitney is the tallest peak in california by the okay. way
3: it's the tallest peak in the lower 48 states there you go um, so it's yeah that. it's uh yeah i gotta gotta honor alaska um, <laughs> rainbow trout serpentine is <laughs> yeah. It, yeah yeah <laughs> so it, it starts at uh the lowest point you know at, at badwater basin the lowest point which is um like 264 feet below sea level And then you run to the highest point. That was the original course. The original course was 146 miles. You now need a permit to summit. So the finish line is now at the base of Mount Whitney. So you run up the mountain. It's like 12 miles. So you finish at the trailhead, which is about 8,000 feet elevation. And you run through Death Valley, Valley,
2: right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
3: you run through Death Valley. You... You climb. There's like three massive climbs along the way, but they it's chosen at the hottest time of the year. So the hottest temperatures in the history that have been recorded have been in in um, in Death Valley. So we run it in July, uh, where you know last year uh, temperatures were going past 130. So it's it's pretty gnarly, um, and that is probably one of the biggest challenges of this race. It's yeah, you have the distance, but you're fully exposed in heat and wind the entire time so um i loved the the challenge of it i wanted to it's kind of a weird race because i'm more of a mountain runner i love running in the mountains i'm not really a road runner and this is run entirely on the roads Mm -hmm. and so um you know when i when I was at the start line, I was confident in my fitness and well aware of you know the path ahead of me because I had done it in two thousand and eighteen too, and I didn't I got seventh place i was I did not do well uh, in the performance and what I hoped to have. so I was like, I'm gonna do it better so um so when I hit mile fourteen i was I was pretty upset and I thought, I've been here before, and in the past, there's a hard decision I have to make. I, I'm either gonna tell my crew, hey, it's not our day like We'll try another time um I can also be a complainer so I could just sit and complain and just like you know why does this always happen to me? oh woe's me I could do that or I'm just gonna to push and see what i'm I'm made of can I get to that finish line strong with um with these terrible uh diarrhea and um you know and then at mile ninety nine I started vomiting like nonstop so I have a a really selling the, selling the race. (laughs) I'm really selling the race guys. (laughs) Registrations are popping off right now. (laughs) Yeah. All over. People are like, sign me up now. But yeah. So I, I think finishing, uh, that race, winning that race, uh, It took me a a couple weeks like after as I I thought about my performance and I thought about some other performances in my past, too, where I've been like, really, like this is how it's going to go. Like, this is the the hand I've been dealt. I think about Tarawara um, Ultramarathon in New Zealand. It's a hundred mile race. And the first year they did the hundred miler, I was so excited. Cause I was like, dude, I'm going to go crush a fast hundred. Like I know this course, like it's a fast course. Like I could not wait to race. And then a massive hurricane came in Whoa. and I was literally running through mud up to my shins oh. for like over 30 miles. Oh like so I won fast. the race, but it was so slow. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was, I was not running fast and I, and same thing. I struggled with that win Cause I was like, yeah, I won but like oh my gosh I dealt with like crazy wind and rain and mud and like you know having to push through this crazy weather I've never run in something like that before and but then I realized I'm like no this is like setting me up like to be able to run in extreme weather to be able to push through these things this is all about my brain this has nothing to do with what I can do physically like covering that distance when you train your body for so many years it 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 isn't hard anymore as as, you know some people would say it's just like when you put in the work it's not hard you're trying to be better at at the distance and how how can I improve how can I move faster so um, when I finished Badwater and I, I thought back on it I thought you know what so much of what I put out in social media when I talk about encouraging others to keep going or when I I talk about you know you're worth it you're worth the work like you never know what's you know the best is yet to come gosh, that is like exactly what this race was for me. Like I can, maybe that's what my whole life is supposed to be about is you can still uh, get to the finish line with a limp and that's okay. Like you don't have to be the strongest most perfect person out, out on the start line. You don't have to be the fastest one on the start line. We're all on the same journey and some of us are going to feel stronger at certain points, but the goal is getting to the finish line. And if that means that you're beat up and battered by the time you get there, you got there. Mm. And you know, that's not anything we we tend to celebrate all the time, but you know, those who battle every day just to get out of bed and and get through their day. I mean, th- those are, are people to be uh, applauded and that just kind of goes back to if you don't if you don't take what you learn in ultras and apply it to your real life then you're missing out because you can really inspire other people when you push through when it's so easy to you know to dnf hmm. yeah So, um
2: so, so we got to ask you since we do a lot of shoe reviews and stuff here uh what uh <laughs> what Thank shoes you. did you wear for bad water considering the pavement temperatures can reach like I don't know. Yeah, what, how does ZoomX
0: do on, on on black asphalt? Yeah,
3: they do. Dude, the temperatures are like 180 on the pavement. It's mm. it's insane. And I think like when you hear about Badwater, for those of you that are listening, if if you look up like old like old five it's just because of the materials of shoes back then. I mean, people do talk about their shoes melting. I've done it twice in the hottest temperatures in the history of that race, mm-hmm. and my shoes never melted. Okay. So, um, where they and, wooden? Clogged, and maybe so? that's. <laughs> What? Wooden clogs. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) So I wore the Invincible, the Nike. Um, It's a road running shoe. And it it came out a couple years ago. And the back is like a square. Um, It's kind of square looking. I love that shoe. I logged thousands of miles in that thing. And um, it was awesome. I use that on the road. And then on the trail, I use... Um, I kind of go back and forth between the Trail Pegasus and the Wild Horse. So I have okay. used Wild Horse since day one. But
2: I'm gonna tell yeah. you something. I'm wearing the Trail Pegasus right now. You're,
3: yeah, you're, it's a good hybrid shoe. Like super you can run road yeah. and trail.
0: Your yeah. invincible thing yeah. though is I think like that shoe didn't work for me, and I'll tell you why. I'm not super mm-hmm. strong. And I think you have to be strong in that shoe because it's not as stable. Mm -hmm. So like all those uh, exercises that you're doing keeps that like your legs can handle that. I get um, maybe if I uh, ran in exclusively, I would start to strengthen areas. But for some reason, I get like knee pain in that shoe because it like is kind of rockered from side to side. Mm -hmm. And I find that I'm stabilizing myself. As I'm going, you're probably also a little faster than me, so <laughs> you might be spending <laughs> no, less time on you ground. Make
3: it, yeah, that's that's a good point because it does kind of have like a forward push a little bit. Like when you're running in it, you feel like a little bit of bounciness. And I've I've brought it to the gym with me. So my test with shoes is like if I can train in the gym in the, in oh, wow. the shoes... And I think all trail runners need to do that because sometimes I'll post videos. People are like, dude, why are you wearing those shoes? They're so unstable. Like you should be barefoot or you should, you should be in zero drop. And I'm like, I do both. Like, I do both. I'll be in Nike freeze or I'll be in my socks, but it is a good test is a runner. If you are not stable in your shoe, why the heck are you barreling down a mountain in it? I mean, like I would tell if you, that you that can't I, balance I would me, not be able to do one
0: legged squats or something with with Invincibles on, I know it right now because I it would shake. I would shake too much.
3: Yeah, and and here's the thing too. There's other shoes. I'm not gonna, and I'm not here to bash any brands. And I don't. Yeah. I don't think Nike is for everyone. I don't think there's one oh, shoe. Oh, we. For I everyone. do. You there's Nikes
0: I love. Different. I just find that shoe a little. Yeah. For me, it's a little. Yeah. Like I go, like but there there's Invincible. some. Or, there's um,
3: some shoes maybe. that have like a bad, you know, either a bad stack height or they are unstable. I mean, I've had friends. It's the same brand over and over. They're always rolling their ankles. And I'm like, "Well, you might want to get in the gym and see if you can even balance on one leg and do a single leg squat. If you can't, that's probably why you're rolling your ankles every time." I'm going to take a guess. at, at
0: What ankle. brand that might be? <laughs> if, I think they I don't think they have one one at you the guys end of can them anymore. Say it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Is it a, is it the Hoka? Yeah. 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 I mean, that makes sense. I
3: I can't believe really, yeah, and it, they make good stuff. I mean, I see on the flip side, I have a buddy that's all he can work because he has bone spurs in his feet. Mm-hmm. So um, like I said, you have to find the shoe that works yeah, for you. Yeah. So this isn't about bashing a shoe and, and it's very revealing what kind of, uh, balance and coordination and strength you have. So, you know, not everyone wearing that shoe is going to be rolling an ankle, but if you feel like you are constantly, well go get in the gym. How are you like with your balance and coordination? <laughs> like you could probably run better in the shoe if you put in the strength training. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like the Nike invincible would probably be better for me to lift weights in just cause it's got a little more stability and a wider platform that and mm-hmm. the react foam
2: yeah, yeah i have horrible uh ankles from skateboarding as a kid and then just uh, rolling them i just have bad ankles like literally
3: wait but are they bouncy ankles see because some some athletes that played other sports that the bounciness can kind of be good because they can roll their ankles all day on the trail and never get a sprain it's <laughs> but if you have just enough strength
2: it is interesting because like on this past uh 50k i did roll it like what 17 should have been bad like at mile seven and it seven. came back like it didn't hurt it's just like yeah.
0: but it hurts today <laughs> but then i
2: but no but then no what i'm saying is then in yeah. mile 17 i did i was bu- okay i was bombing downhill and i was wearing uh the new brooks caldera which have i don't know if you've seen it it's like Pretty high thir- stack. it's like a 39 inch or yeah, millimeter, yeah. 39 millimeter stack
3: yeah i used to wear brooks they have they have some good shoes yeah
2: and uh so you know i was hit a rock and rolled it completely sideways and
0: skiboo was able
2: to finish it out, but uh, it's pretty big today. Anyways, all I have to say, yeah, I know what you're saying about bombing the downhills. And you're, if you're not, because I'm not going to lie, I'm not like super strong on my uh, hips and, and knees and whatnot. Well, so if you like, watched
0: her video that's I on know. Instagram that says do what these exercises. I know you guys all like oh, my,
3: uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, yes.
2: <laughs> I, I might have to uh, start enrolling your uh, program, which, by yeah. the way, you might as well throw it out there since we just brought it up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it, Pitch yourself. Final check-in. I hope if you're going to be in Boston, you come and say hi to us. We'll be at the Bagel Run with Asics. It'll be a great time. You'll get to meet Megan Featherston, Megan, and myself, and even Brandon will be there. So uh, we'll have some people from the team and we'll be able to have some fun. And there's going to be a shoe toss, cornhole board. It's exciting. I know this is supposed to be a check-in or a tip, but I'm just so excited to be in Boston. It's going to be great. I hope that you're there. If you're not there this year, let's get that BQ and we can all be there next year.
3: Thanks, you guys. Yeah, I started a, a strength and running um, app. at Sal McCray Fitness Um I'll give you guys the link. Yeah, we'll put it in the description.
0: Hit us with the link.
3: Yeah, you know, over the years, um, you know, I've I've done a lot of coaching, almost two decades of coaching. And so um we get uh and my husband has has helped with my business now this past year has been incredible, but we we get a lot of coaching requests. And I was like, dude, I wish I could just like help more people, but I I can't, I don't have the capacity. I can't take on a hundred athletes and coach all of them. So this app was amazing because I'm able to coach a ton of people and just say, all right, like do this strength workout or do this or whatever. Um, but it's an all inclusive app. So if you sign up like monthly or just the annual, um, membership. You can try it out for a dollar for the first month, and it might be for you, it might not. But um, the app includes a community of trainers. So you'll see, like, you know, um, incredible athletes like Nick Bear, Brian Mazza, Ryan Hall. They're all in the Orion's community in as well. Nice. Yeah. Dude, so you talk you, you about changing your body
0: on and from sport.
3: Like, <laughs> oh, dude. He's so, I insane. love their family. He he's amazing. But, but the app has, I mean, they have trainers in there that are just yoga or just hit or CrossFit or like there's nutrition and sleep. Like there's so much in there and the it's, it's a pretty good deal. Like it's $99 for the whole year, but you can take it with you anywhere. So I have like audio guided runs in there where I like coach you in your ear. You can go out for a run. for like a fart lick and I'll talk to you the whole time. Um, And then I have all of my strength workouts and I categorize them. So one of the most popular ones is called Running Foundations. And I always tell people, if you start on my app, go in there because it's no weights. I'm a big believer in real workouts. There's so much like, fitness workouts you see right now on Instagram. And it's people that have no qualifications, but they look kind of sexy doing it. So you want to do it too. <laughs> yeah. Like they look amazing in their clothes and they're- it's the lady walking and, up and, to you at the
0: Whole Foods. Like, hey, Yeah, and she they have like chains on, right.
3: on their necks. Yeah. yeah. But like for me, I'm like, dude, if you can't even lift your own body, you shouldn't be throwing weight around. So that's mm-hmm. what running foundations is. It's like, you know, it's the single leg squats, a lot of single leg work and core work. To that helps assess yourself. So that's, my goal is always, you start with you. Don't just try to do the workouts I'm doing. Figure out where you're weak, where you have a lack of mobility and flexibility, and then build from there. And you'll know, if you do my workouts, you'll notice a difference in the first couple of weeks. Like, oh, it's awesome. So I have a couple programs in there that you can follow if you want workouts every day there's a four-week program and a six-week program that combines running workouts and strength workouts oh, cool. and we've got thousands of reviews from people who are so much stronger they're more flexible they're running faster and it's not crazy crossfit stuff like if you have a set of dumbbells you you, you can do the workout so awesome. um Yeah. The goal is to create something that was affordable, but to help endurance athletes. I mean, I have athletes of not just ultra runners, but, um, triathletes, cyclists, um, hikers, you know, track athletes. I have quite a few coaches that actually have brought it to there's college, uh, teams and high school teams that will, that sync it up and they'll have their whole team do the workouts too. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's been doing really well and, So we'll put that in the description (laughs) and then let's,
0: let's wrap up with some quick, really short questions for you. We usually like to ask people headphones or no headphones.
3: Ooh, I'm a music junkie. So it depends. Headphones in the gym, uh, never in the mountains, uh, but usually on the road. Okay. If I
0: (laughs) popped open your playlist, what would I hear?
3: Uh, NF is one of my favorites for, for workouts. Um, NF music. And in fact, I link my Spotify workouts in my app so you can check those uh, out. Awesome. Okay. I love you. I love you too. Um, I love Odessa. I'm kind of uh, all over the place because um, sometimes I'll run. I'm, I love M83, but like sometimes I'll run to Anya and like. You're
0: speaking Rob, love M83 is my
2: <laughs> like, money jam for running. If if like, oh. I'll play like the sometimes they get hyped for races. I'll just play like the intro song um, and it's just oh, it's m83 yeah and it's just like the perfect yeah. setup right. Anyways, so, so you are totally geeking me out right. on that ne- next one
0: is oh, uh, you
3: feel like you're in a movie right it's like a soundtrack that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah
0: next one is at post race what is your first celebratory meal oh, or bacon beverage
3: cheeseburger with avocado man bacon cheese with avocado and potato fries and like, what are we drinking meal. with it um, usually, oh man, that kind of goes back and forth. I, I drink a ton of water to flush the body, but it's usually going to be like a Coke. Cause I want the sugar. Um, or yeah, Water's such a responsible I really answer. <laughs> such a responsible yeah. So, so we're not, not,
0: not like a gallon of tequila or you know right some, no some beers, nothing no like
3: that. i mean if i'm in a post race and someone hands me like a beer, like i i don't know how to order um alcohol very well but a lot like if i'm out at a social event i'll just be like hey i'll have what you're drinking or <laughs> i'll have you, you nice. know <laughs> what do you yeah so i'm End used to just other people buying. <laughs>
0: <All right.
3: laughs> yeah you do yeah.
0: <laughs> well we want to say yeah. thank you so much for being on with us uh, i did want to give one more oh, shout you're, out. Gonna,
3: yeah.
2: you're
0: gonna yeah. get another yeah. shout out i want to say chorus club right here oh yeah
3: you yeah got I got there we mine go of course I do. there we go yeah <laughs> yeah cor- look, at, look at all of us have three different colored bands there's yellow green what do yeah. you got is that the red orange? i have
2: a i have yeah, a military red. green yeah
3: and are, what do you got what model you got the apex pro yeah or is that
0: the Vertix? he's got apex, he's got, got
3: that right pro. now
2: i'm
0: wearing the apex pro yeah, yeah. i think if you okay. i actually well, right, right now the, the pace almost feels too light I know. It's like, always- it's like, I'm not wearing a watch, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah,
3: I know my daughter wears that. Cause she does track in, in cross country and nice. she put I, it, it, the battery went out. So I gave her the apex. She's like, this is so heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For track athletes, it's way too heavy. The pace is perfect. If you're on the track yeah. cross country. <laughs>
2: cool.
0: Yeah. So thank you so yeah. much for coming here. I'm glad I finally know that your name is not Yellow Joe. runner, uh, you know that is actually you have <laughs> a, a legal Valley? name legal name <laughs> so if i run into you at a, an event i won't be like hey yellow uh, you know, <laughs> oh i get it all the time all right. we will just say yellow
3: yeah. <laughs> so that's okay but but it's great to meet you guys yeah, and too. i really appreciate you having me on for so sure oh, it's you.
0: gonna be fun i think people will really enjoy this one so thanks again Robbie, that was fun, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. That was probably one of the... uh Oh, I already said it earlier. It was
0: one of the better conversations. You did, but you can say it again. Yeah, I'm it's affirming not, that. Yeah, Confirming that. I just... I, she filled me with a lot of energy. I felt like I wanted to get out there and work harder. Dude,
2: I was thinking about... Maybe I should try and hit her up do one of her, her training.
0: I'll do trainings. it if you do it. You think she would... This like,
1: It's a strength it a, training we, app, right?
0: Yeah. We yeah. should do a month... Are you looking at me? We should do a month... <laughs> I need it. We should do a month challenge. Like... Oh, that'd be cool. We do it for a month, and then if we see some results, I mean, it's taken we me a ask, long time. You we get at,
1: you get swole.
0: Yeah, Because
2: <laughs> like we ask her to sponsor <laughs> sponsor the podcast. Then.
0: Yeah, just for one month. Yeah, and then if if we're not stronger, faster, better looking.
2: Well, I like the thing. I think her she said that the
0: training is you can just do it like at home. You don't really need. That's just, what I like. A yeah. lot of a
2: lot of extra stuff.
0: Right now, I use, uh I've used. Um, other ones in the past, um, and I like that format where you can just do it at your house. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get in the car to go to the gym. And uh, I've been doing like this arm exercise thing for like almost six months now. It feels like what? What month are we in now? Uh, t- t- I don't know.
1: It's 2022.
0: Yeah, Wait. but which? It's April or something. Yeah. Okay. How yeah, many, many months is that? Like four. So about five months, I've been doing this one exercise, and I'm finally starting to see. Like, it takes a while. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like you just lift once and, like, you're done. Okay. Well, maybe we should do this. You know what? I'm going to email her after this and see if yeah.
2: she, she'd be into it. All right. And then we can show our gains. Yeah, with a Z on the end. Yeah, gains. All right. Pump. Anyways, who do you want to thank, Megan? Megan.
1: Uh, if there's anyone still listening at this point, <laughs> I guess, thanks for being yeah. here. Uh,
0: yeah, I want to thank everybody, especially the people who uh, reach out to us, let us know yeah. that they're listeners. It really helps. If you want to go ahead and rate the podcast on Apple, it would be great. Give it a uh, review, five stars. Is there, Yeah, you can get five stars, right? Yeah,
2: anything less, just don't do it.
0: Um, yeah, <laughs> and then also, you know, it's so much fun when we go and do an event like we did this past weekend where we get to see some of you in person. So if you know that we're going to be somewhere, it really means a lot to us. If you show up, especially like we'll be at Boston here for the bagel run coming up in uh, next week, isn't that?
1: Yeah, and I know have. some people were hesitant to come say hi, and we always love it. So don't, don't, yeah.
0: yeah don't
2: stand around at the start of a group shakeout run being weird. Just come say hi to yeah. us. Yeah. Give us a high five. You want a picture?
0: We'll take a picture with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You want to buy me a beer or five? Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: I think that's a great idea. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, we love meeting you, and it's great to get some positive uh, reinforcement for what we're doing. And uh, hopefully we can give you a shout out. So, uh we'll wrap this up. Right. Meg. Hi, mom. There we go. Mm-hmm. Robbie, anybody you want to say hi to? Um no. <laughs> All right. I'm also gonna thank ASICs for uh the wonderful time we had at the Cherry Blossom, along with Mike Coe, aka Kafuzi. Uh we had a really good time. And of course, special thanks to Frank for pushing Megan to a sub-60. Very big deal, 10 miler. Um, Megan's on her way to OTQ, so let's Let's, let's go. get there. Let's get there.
1: we let's got go. a long journey ahead for that one. All right,
0: we don't. It's going to happen.
2: Okay, stick around for the hidden track. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> we finally had a hidden track. track. <laughs> and that was it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. All right.